Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh, smile like you can kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of energy again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love purple. I was like, yes, <laughs> like this guy's awesome. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a ride list, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian's a man! Oh! And I have passed the brain to see But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you I know my wrestling. Nick, he, don't know, he don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Like he know that wrestling, boy. <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. What a beast. Fuck. Boom. No sleep, no food. No nothing. Just maniacism. You got the water, man. Give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 360 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone of Fox PHL The Gambler and Philly Influencer. I'm, of course, of the Philadelphia Inquirer. I forgot to mention that a second ago. But yes, it is episode 360 of The Straight Shooters, and we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on this here episode. It is a deep dive. We're diving deep into a show, into an event that is near and dear to young Vaughn's heart, to current day Vaughn's heart. It is Backlash 2000 from, of course, April of 2000. Of course, my favorite year in wrestling, but this particular show means a lot to me as a wrestling fan. So we're going to dig, dive deep all into it here on this episode, episode 360, as I mentioned earlier. But before we get into it, Nick. I got to do my weekly check-in with you, my brother. How are you doing on this Wednesday evening? I'm happy for you because I feel like we're diving into, uh, like you said, uh, an event so near and dear to you when we just did mine back in August when it was the Monday Nitro that Lex Luger won the title. like that. And we were talking I, about improper conduct and all that stuff? Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. One of my favorite episodes we've done. Go check that out in the archives. It's from August of 2022. So, you know, I, I don't remember really watching this back that much after it happened, um, probably because the next month, you know, The Rock would lose the title. But um, this, I felt, is probably what WrestleMania should have been. Um that year so 100 percent, man I, like I, i'm watching this i'm like yeah there, there's a reason why this is vaughn's favorite year for sure and uh th- this show uh was a lot better than i expected so i'm looking forward to diving deep into it oh yeah Woo! oh yeah that's funky <laughs> yeah, yep, that's sure. my new that's my new favorite toy <laughs> it sure is dusty that is funky if you know. have not seen the Dusty Rhodes AD documentary, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's back. It's one of those two-hour ones because I know in recent weeks they've been doing airing the ones that are just one hour back-to-back. But uh, the Dusty Rhodes documentary, two hours. You got Cody. You got Dustin. Um, his other daughter, Kristen, I, I believe. I, I hope I got that right. <laughs> um, so it was very... 
very well done. And, uh, you know, I didn't know that promo existed. That was from uh, when Dusty and Vince McMahon had to sit down in an empty arena during his first go-around with the WWF. So, um, you know, if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. Well, I haven't. I'm among those who haven't watched it yet. So I got to check it out. You have to. Because then when you hear, Woo! that's funky, you'll laugh. I mean, I'm laughing now. I haven't <laughs> even watched the documentary. I don't need to watch it to laugh. That's something Dusty Rhodes yeah, said. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, anything else going on in current day as far as current day nonsense well, in I mean, the world? The, the Phillies stink. Uh, you know, I, I still am holding out hope that Vince isn't back for sure, but apparently he wasn't. Uh, president SmackDown, he wasn't president Raw, so let, let's see what happens. Uh, how about that Raw travel issues? That was definitely a show that you could tell had uh, a lot of talent missing because of their travel issues. So and yeah, they made I heard a storyline out of it. They made a storyline out of it. So with I Sammy heard. and uh, Matt Riddle coming in, where so. were they coming from? Though, like, what was the issue? I, 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 saw, I, I heard it about it. I just it didn't know flights into Seattle. Like, I, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't even look anything up that day i didn't even know they had issues until the show went on the air and they mentioned it and i went to twitter and i was like huh and they're like oh they're mentioning the travel issues so it must have been a big deal that day but you know easter monday i kind of stayed away oh that makes sense from, though you uh, having some travel issues twitter, on the day so. after a holiday yeah and, it uh, does make some sense but I mean, i'm sure people were probably traveling <laughs> that morning to try to stay with their families maybe on sunday night and <laughs> Who knows? Well, but. they had, you know, Rey Mysterio and Dom and, you know, Finn all take up like the first 45 minutes of the program. So, you know, like, oh, yeah, they definitely had travel issues for sure when they do something like that. I mean, it's hard enough to fill time when they got the full roster. Then you're working right. with, you know, right. without the full deck. I'm sure they was like, well, you're going to have an Iron Man match tonight. We're going to have three Which Iron Man I matches. Loved. I'm, I'm such a bark for Iron Man matches. I would have loved that. <laughs> three three Iron Man matches <laughs> in one night, one in each hour. <laughs> Honestly, it probably would have been the one of the best roles ever if they did something like that. So, I I don't agree with that at all. I think people would have got really bored with that real fast. That's just my thoughts on that. You know, what do I know? I could be wrong, I guess, but. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I don't think people have the attention span for that. I don't think so neither. Uh, is backlash re- backlash though? Is a WrestleMania backlash? Like what's well, going on? Cody did it. <laughs> didn't hear what he said during his promo. <laughs> uh, it's still. Yeah, that's I mean, why I'm asking. I'm like, this is backlash, right? So it's yeah, just backlash. But it's backlash. It's just backlash. I don't know why he said WrestleMania backlash in his promo, but. Uh, you know, they they aired stuff after that, and it was still just backlash. So, no WrestleMania logo to be seen. So, too bad it's not this year's backlash logo, the 2000 backlash logo. The 2000 backlash logo was dope. I mentioned that in my notes. Yeah, the, man. The logo is fine. Um, it's better than the original backlash logo, which I will also mention in my notes. Yeah. I also put down in my notes, but. Um, the mankind but inspired yeah. one, right? <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. That was bad. Yeah. Speaking of backlash, are you ready to dive deep into 
the 2000 edition of the show. Woo! That's funky. I assume that's a yes. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Backlash from the year 2000 took place on April 30th, 2000. It is the second edition, the second annual Backlash. The show, this is edition, though, is the, the one that put the event on the map, if you ask me. I mean, the first one happened. It had a big match with The Rock and Steve Austin in the main event with the second month in a row. But I think this particular show, when you talk about Backlash as an event, like, oh, what are some of your favorite moments? I think this particular show, especially the main event, might be the one that people point to and be like, that's it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, looking back and just seeing the crowd, you know, and remember back to that specific time frame mm-hmm. in 2000, uh, this probably, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can't remember every single 2000 pay-per-view, but it's got to be up at the top among the best. So, um, you know, storyline driven, how many, you had a bunch of tag matches in there, which was interesting. But it didn't take away from the show. Or I mean, they every storyline felt like the crowd was invested in, in during this show, even the weird storylines that we'll we'll touch on. So um, I think that in and of itself makes Backlash 2000 one of the best shows, uh, not only of that era, but it, you know, it somewhat you could say still holds up today. I think so. in some ways. I mean, the main event for sure. There yes. are other ways where yes. it's just like, oh, it's just a match. Right. You know, it's just a match, but. Um, but I would say for sure the main event, if you're talking about like what's the, some of the top, you know, main events of this era, you definitely go with this one. This is one of the, the top ones for sure. I mean, I don't know, you know, if you do a top 10, this is definitely in the top 10 for me. If you go include Judgment Day from the next month, you can throw in that Over the Edge from 98, Steve Austin and, you know, Cactus, not Cactus Jack, Dude Love or whatever. But this is up there as far as, to me, one of those, the event itself, though, again, not a super deep show, but for me, obviously, and I'll get into it in a second, holds a special memory to me because, of course, you know, what it, means, what it means to me, but that's just me. But overall, from an objective point of view, it's a, it's a good show. It's definitely a good show. And I think it started, I think it's, 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 a, it's um, even better because WrestleMania wasn't so good. It made Backlash stand out even more. It's true. And then... WWF said we're going to have some fire main events like four or five, six months in a row. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Iron Man match, they had the King of the Ring six man, which was wild, but it was, you know, people loved it. And then you go into Fully Loaded where they had the three, the triple main event, and then you got SummerSlam with um, The Rock, Triple H, and Kurt Angle, which we covered in the podcast, on the podcast in the past uh, here for a deep dive. But all through SummerSlam, they had like one banger of a, at least a main event after another. Whether the whole show was dope, mm, different story. But the main events were cooking at this point. At least most pay per views. And you're coming right? off the heels of, I think, the first WrestleMania where the heel left as champion. You know, like everyone thought he was, Triple H was going to lose. Not only did he retain the title, but Vince McMahon turned heel again. So now we got we got all that going on. Um, yeah, Yokozuna beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9, but the show ended with Hulk Hogan as champion. So, you know, WrestleMania 2000 definitely left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, so you're right. I think the fact that this show ended pretty much a complete 180 of the way WrestleMania ended helps this show, uh, you know, looking back. 
and it had and it ends on a good note, which is like the first time in a couple months, right. outside of maybe the Royal Rumble. Even though the Rock, you know, the Rock won the Royal Rumble in the main event, but Cactus Jack still lost. So, but great show in a while outside of the main outside of the Royal Rumble, I should say. Um, but all of that said, this particular show took place at the MCI Center in Washington D.C. This arena is now known as the Capital One Arena. The funny thing about this building though is you know it's just a building where the wizards and the capitals play and the, i think i don't know if the mystics play there but whatever the funny thing is though is that this particular arena is frequently brought up in conversations in regards to the proposed the proposed sixers arena in center city philadelphia have you heard about this at all the sixers proposed arena yes but uh i guess what they're citing this as reason of why it would work downtown or why it may not work next to Chinatown. So here's the thing, this, you know, for those that don't know, if you're outside of Philly, which we have listeners that are outside of Philly, obviously, uh, the Sixers currently play at the Wells Fargo center in South Philly. That's they're a part of that, you know, that complex we talked about where we got the link, we got Wells Fargo center, you got citizens bank park, all within walking distance of each other in the same complex. However, the Sixers are a tenant at the Wells Fargo Center. They don't own the building. The building is owned by Comcast Spectacor, who owns the Flyers. So the Flyers get precedent in that building. Uh, the Sixers have always felt some type of way about that. And this is going back years. And they've, I think they've always wanted out. But, you know, this most recent proposal is the, like, most definitive one that feels like it may come to fruition at some point. Um, one thing about the proposal that people are talking about the most, though, is that it will be right next to Chinatown. Now, I know some people say, well, it's not in Chinatown, but it's right next to it. If you know the geography of Philly, you know where this building is supposed to be. That is literally across the street from Chinatown. Okay. Um, but it will obviously affect Chinatown in some way. What way? How? Don't know. No one really knows for sure, but people look at Capital One Arena as an example. And they say in D.C., the arena has changed the area. Some people believe, a lot of people believe it changed the area around in, in Chinatown for the worse. Just a little tidbit. A lot of reporting at the Inquirer about this. We just had a Reddit AMA on at, with our Philadelphia yesterday as, a, as we record this, so... Go check it out, inquire.com. Uh, yeah, because this topic is not going away anytime soon. No, not at all. They even mentioned it at the, the big mayoral debate yesterday, last night, Tuesday night, yeah. I should say. So yeah. it is a topic. It is not going away because what is it? I think they want to open it. If, they, if it gets done, obviously, if it actually happens, they're trying to open it in like 2031, I think it is. So yeah, Which is funny because, you know. The current team will be long gone. <laughs> you know, it, it would just be weird. Right. Like, who are we going to have? Who's going to be our star in 2031? Maxi? Huh, maybe. Who co- Who knows? Yeah, that's right. eight That's eight years from now. Yeah, that's a yeah. long time from now. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time in, in sports. So, yeah, like you said, who knows what the team would look like, whatever. But. I guess they figured, you know, it definitely wouldn't work during the process years. <laughs> so... No, well wait yeah. till we're good again, and then do it when, it. <laughs> yeah, when you got a star like Joel Embiid, you might win MVP. Good time to do it. 
Yeah, uh, but really, it's, he's got a good shot. It's, <laughs> it's really about you know, you know, having concerts and concession, mm-hmm. getting all the money from the contents and events stuff like that, which I don't think they do at the Wells Fargo Center. But that is a different story for a different day. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, this show is near and dear to my little old heart. <laughs> it's still my favorite wrestling memory from my childhood. Not only because this show featured an amazing main event, but it also, but also because it was the first pay-per-view my mom ordered for me as a kid. Oh, man, that's great. So where, where was I in life, <laughs> you ask? I was an 11-year-old kid that was knee-deep in wrestling fandom, so much so that my mom noticed and coughed up the $30 required as payment to watch this show. And that wasn't cheap by 2000 standards, all right? That wasn't a little bit of money. You know, $30 to watch some wrestling, mm-hmm. that was a good deal. But I was so happy to watch this damn show. And the main event obviously made, you know, it made it a it, Sitting in my living room with my mom, my sister, and my late Aunt Davina watching this show. And I had never watched a pay per view before, period. So I wasn't used to not seeing commercials with wrestling. It was like a totally different presentation for me at that time at 11 years old. But I wasn't enamored necessarily in the same way that I was when I watched WrestleMania 17 a year later when the presentation was so big and it was so glamorous. Like like I had never seen before. This was, you know, pretty standard, but the presentation elements were different. Uh, But it was still really cool. And I probably talked about it the next day on the whole ride to school on the school bus the next day. Like, just didn't stop talking, probably. So, Nick, I go to you. Where were you in life in April of 2000? Uh, approaching the end of my first year of high school, uh, my freshman year. Uh, I guess, well, I guess April, you know, I got April, May, June. So, um, yeah, that could be considered towards the end of the school year. Uh baseball season in full swing as well i it's my first year playing freshman uh, playing baseball at high school so i was on the freshman team uh there were kids that would get called up to jv uh i think maybe one got called up to varsity but i always think i would get that opportunity but unfortunately this is around the time where i i guess i shouldn't shouldn't say i found out i wasn't good enough but i was holding on false hope that i would eventually play varsity baseball at the high school level, uh, you know, as a freshman or as a sophomore and, and continue on for four years. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling great, but I love baseball. So that was kind of like taking up all my time. We even had practices on Saturday mornings. That was unheard of back then. I would only practice my like three, three times a week, you know, when I played town ball. And then we would have games, you know, Saturday and Sunday. We would have really nothing. Um, some some Sundays, you know, there would be tournaments and stuff in high school. So I was not prepared uh, for that type of schedule. And this was just the season was just starting. We we start like the first week of March. That's when like tryouts begin, and then we go all through March, getting our scrimmages in and practices, and then boom, April comes and we open the season. So this was. Uh, towards the end of April, really. So we had already played, you know, at least half our season, uh, if not more. And I was, you know, still just playing freshman baseball. 
uh, having a good time, enjoying the Flyers' playoff run, by the way. Uh, they would go on to the Eastern Conference Finals that year, take a 3-1 lead against the Devils, and ultimately cough that up and lose. Why would seven, you remind us of that? Games. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, that's, this is where I was. This, this it's was, a sad memory. This, it, we weren't there yet, all, though. <laughs> we weren't we there yet. We're talking about April right. 30th. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it all comes together though because you know right after that by the way the next month was judgment day and obviously that pay-per-view happened the rock would lose the title and then the flyers would lose you know <laughs> to the devils so it was all coming crashing down so i this time period in wrestling uh it was really wwf was surging man it was so much better than ecw and wcw at the time uh but i was still you know I don't want to say like I just I guess I wasn't into it as much as I thought I was maybe because I was a freshman in high school and it was like more you know I was worried more about my social life and baseball and how I fit in so I didn't like I watched wrestling every week but I wasn't fully invested the way I had been before and the way I would be after this time period so the rock winning the title I didn't really care about because to me, it was just like, oh, The Rock and Triple H again. We saw that mid-card feud, you know, a year or two prior. So, to me, it was just more of the same old stuff, even though they were in the main event and The Rock was skyrocketing in popularity and WWF was at a whole, at a whole nother level in 2000 than it was in not, even 1998. But uh, those other things, you know, outside of wrestling were just affecting me enough to be like, you know what, Let, let's just watch the show, I'll tape it, and then I'll go on from there so i wasn't heavily invested uh watching this show in particular or really wrestling at this time but it did it doesn't like i don't count it as a sabbatical like i would watch the show i just wouldn't like care for lack of a better term so um yeah it was kind of that's kind of where i was watching this show that sunday night it's good to know where you were in life at that point in 2000, and thanks for bringing the mood down. No problem. About the Flyers, you Any know. Time. Reminded me another of another Failure. <sighs> sad day in Philly sports, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Appreciate that. But no this was a happy day, damn it. This is a happy day for me <laughs> as 11-year-old Vaughn, watching wrestling and seeing a pay-per-view for the very first time in my life. But where was WWF at this point? Well, they're coming off of WrestleMania. That was kind of a letdown, as we said earlier. And it was a letdown despite the product overall being as hot as it's ever been. And oddly enough, this is all happening without the company's top star, Steve Austin, who was still out after neck surgery. However, he was healthy enough to make appearances. An appearance on the SmackDown before Backlash where he destroyed the DX Express. Oh, no. What a great segment. <laughs> it was so great. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but I vividly remember this. They replicated the, they replicated the whole segment in SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. See, the, the video on game. PS, on know. PS1. What's that? See, so the video games, uh, yeah, I'm not privy to. So oh, man. I not know that. SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. Great game, by the way. They actually, if you played as The Rock in season mode before you went into Backlash, you got a double referee match, <laughs> which had a double special referee match, which they only allowed because of this match, I would assume. And they had Steve all you have Steve Austin and Shane McMahon as the referees at the same time. <laughs> but before Backlash, they would have like Steve Austin destroy the bus in game. 
<laughs> it was like that was pretty cool. So, and I in, will say by the way, I did uh, download an emulator and a ROM of No Mercy, and I've been playing it on my laptop, you know, here oh. and there. Definitely uh, one of the better games of that generation for sure. I'm really enjoying playing it. The championship mode's really good and really frustrating. So that, <laughs> you know, good good on them. You know, I never got it when it was released. You know, I, th- I think I by that point I didn't have a Nintendo 64. So and I don't know if it was available on anything else, but I never played No Mercy. So uh, great game. It's considered one of the best games of all time to me it's between that or smackdown here comes the pain that's just my personal opinion but some people might throw a fire pro game in there or something like that Mm -hmm. but to me it's either here comes the pain or no mercy you can't go wrong either way i was a ps2 kid or playstation kid growing up so i played mostly smackdown games but definitely got my hands on a on no mercy a couple times and thoroughly enjoyed it uh but Steve Austin, he was able to make an appearance at Backlash, which was, of course, a very memorable one in his place as the number one babyface was The Rock, of course, who people don't really think about when they talk about, like, who were big rivals for the big man family. You know, everybody goes to Steve Austin, but they don't really talk about The Rock. And, like, from, like, April to, like, June 2000, when they were, like, going at it, right? Like, every week, things were going down between The Rock and the McMahon-Helmsley faction or regime, whatever they called it at that point. Uh, we start the show very dramatic. Doesn't even have narration. It's just dramatic music and voiceovers from promos. And this video surrounds the main event, which is The Rock challenging Triple H for the WWF Championship. However, because this is you know WWF in the year 2000, and even though Vince Russo is no longer around, it's not going to be as simple as a one-on-one match. We got Shane McMahon as a special guest referee. We got Vince and Steph. They're in Triple H's corner. Linda McMahon is looming in the, in the in the background somewhere. She's lurking, and then for The Rock, we got he's he's got Steve Austin in his corner. And yeah, this sounds like a mess, right? <laughs> a lot going on. I remember the little graphic they had for the match, and you know they had like the people standing next to each other looking mean. There's like eight people in the background. <laughs> There's so many people involved in this match for for one match. But the final product was tremendous. <laughs> it was amazing. We get it, get this opening animation is real cool with the hook going back and forth and it yeah. pulls in the backlash logo, which I always again I always they gotta uh, bring that I, back, man. I I agree. Classic. This logo still looks good. It looks real cool and sleek. Like I don't know. It's better than the current one, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely better than the first one, like you said before as well. Yeah, the original was garbage. <laughs> The original one, one, I don't know. I mean, I understand it was mankind related, but it looked ugly. Yeah. Just ugly. Yep. But this one was a massive upgrade. And the current one, again, the current one is okay. I don't know why they make the L so big in Backlash. <laughs> just to differentiate the two words. Like, that's not two words, though. Backlash is one word. <laughs> so you don't need a, a capital L, especially the L that's bigger than the B. That starts the word. But... Uh, <laughs> It's okay, but this one is the the quintessential backlash logo, if you will. Uh, we get Pyro to start the show, and then of course we got Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler on the call. We then get a look at the stage for backlash, which last year in '99 was just like 
some steel fencing and a backlash sign. I don't even <laughs> like, remember. I have a. I don't think I've watched that show in maybe since it aired. It wasn't nearly as elaborate right. as this stage, <laughs> which was each uh, other. They had one had the backlash logo on it, but they had these swinging giant swinging hooks that were just swinging through the air. Awesome! Like they look great. <laughs> like probably one of the best stages that's not a WrestleMania in in pay per view history for WWF. Like obviously WrestleManias, they blow everything else out of the water. But for as a non WrestleMania show. The backlash stage with the swinging hooks, a very memorable one for me, at least. I don't know if that if that's a memorable one for you. I mean, it, it's nice. <laughs> okay. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I've seen better. Like, I guess for 2000, it was pretty good. It was better than those circular entrances they started with, right. in the Attitude Era in 1998. Or they just had the fencing with the sign on top of it or whatever with lights. Like, this was hella elaborate. For a non WrestleMania, this was better yeah. than WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, right. yeah. This was better than WrestleMania, WrestleMania, in my opinion. Was it just like a video board? It was just a couple video boards. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty tame. All things considered, this one was like they went to me. This went they went all out more all out for this one than they did in the WrestleMania. That just those giant hooks. It's like four of them. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but again, looked awesome. Uh, I don't know what what the hook. Had to do with backlash. <laughs> I don't know why they had that hook. Maybe it was like it back. Remember, you know, I know what you did last summer. Remember that <laughs> movie? That guy used to hook. I think. <laughs> I don't. I never fully understood it. At least I don't think I do. But it was a massive upgrade over the first like years logo. Like I said earlier. But it's a hook. <laughs> Not Taz's son hook. Just good old fashioned hook. All right. First music we hear on the show is Deborah McMichael's music. Or wow. I shouldn't say McMichael. At this point, she was Deborah Austin, I guess. Uh, but she's making her first appearance in a while to be a special guest ring announcer for the opening match. Uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, you know, obviously, naturally, he loses his mind when Deborah <laughs> comes out of the curtain, uh, even whistles at her, I think, on commentary. Uh, but Deborah, again, was off television for a while. She was at home. Taking care of her husband, Steve Austin, who, of course, was um, home with the neck surgery. So seeing her back was obviously a big sign that Austin was in the building. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole storyline of the show is that Austin didn't make it. He couldn't make it. He had transportation issues. Right. Deborah's there. She was Steve Austin was there. Uh, but the first match on the show that Deborah is announcing for is for the WWF World Tag Team Titles. It is X-Pac and Road Dog with Tori representing DX challenging the new young champions, Edge and Christian. That's a lot. There was a lot to say there. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. Uh, DX, they come out to that Run DMC music. Love that music. Yeah, yeah. Love that theme. Yeah, the Aggression CD. There was a lot of songs on there that I liked, and I, this was one of them. And so, I, like, I, I like the original, but this this... This was one of those songs that didn't sound bad compared to the original. Like it was like you could rock with either one, you know. So I rocked with this. <laughs> <laughs> you rocked with this. <laughs> the kings of rock. That's who you're rocking yeah. with. 
uh, Run DMC. Yeah, this was dope. I like like you said, th- a lot of the songs on that CD was like, huh, whatever. But this one was like, oh, okay, that's that one's actually kind of fire. Like that's on par with the original song. I know that might sound like sacrilege to some people. Like, what? Chris Warren, the goat, rest in peace, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Dope, but Run DMC, this is fire. <laughs> I don't care what nobody say. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned that aggression album. Oh, there he is. Like, how can you not rock out to that? And I'm going right, to rock out to that on the way to work tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, you can do it. I'm not going to stop you. You can do it. Just know that people might ask me, what is that? You should do it, too. I, look here. I, I got headphones, you know. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to hear it, but I'll listen to it on my headphones. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but this album, the aggression album, uh, it was like WWF finally realized that rap music was profitable. <laughs> yep. Because I didn't realize this at the time, but like this is a rap album. Yep. And they called it aggression because I guess <laughs> black people are aggressive. But yeah, DX got a song done by Run DMC. That's huge. I mean, like that's I guess that's how big WWF was at the time. They can just just get Run DMC to do a song. But it wasn't just Run DMC. Big Big Show's theme song had Mac Ten and the MC Eight. Not even the biggest guys in this album that I'm going to mention. I just that's the first ones I had listed here. All right. Also, MC8, by the way, was in Menace to Society. He's, a, he's an actor. I don't know if you've seen Menace to Society or not. Not. But if for those who don't know, he was driving the car for some shooting scenes. I'll just say that. <laughs> All right? He had some funny lines in there, which I will not repeat here on this family program. But other rappers on the album include Cool Keith, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, Snoop Dogg, this Gamer, and Rescue the Segment of WrestleMania this year. We got also Red Man, C Murder, you know, exactly. Uh, the East Siders, Mystical, Ras Cas, and Ice T, who actually performed his song at WrestleMania this year. We also got WP, WC, I should say, not WP, WC, and Boo Capone. If that name sounds familiar to some of y'all out there, don't worry, I'll come back to it. But Run DMC again did DX's song, Cool Keith and ODB did Mankind's song. Snoop and WC did Steve Austin song. Redman was on Vincent's song. C Murder did Gangrel, which I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know for one, Gangrel had a song on this album. <laughs> Why? And C Murder did it. Who may or may not did you know anything and you know that wound up that had him wind up in prison, unfortunately. Uh, but the East Siders did Kane and Ice T naturally did Godfather song. <laughs> like my god <laughs> uh, I, naturally, missed that, I missed that cd it's on spotify man. by the way so i uh it uh, is if you want to go on spotify check it out man what a great CD. man i see doing a song for a pimp perfect and like again he performed the song at wrestlemania for godfather and d'lo brown which was just thrown together to be and t- I, tag team pimps. <laughs> uh, I will say. <laughs> You've um, never seen that before. 
I'd never heard of Run DMC before pimps. the Aggression CD. So like that's hold up. Say what now? Yes, because listen, I I didn't really listen to music that much growing up. It was always people. So, so I'm assuming because you ne- you didn't hear of Run DMC, you didn't hear of C Murder or Rascass back then. No, no, or Mystical. Not in 2000. No. So uh, you didn't hear the song "Shake Your Ass," but watch yourself. Remember that song? I mean, maybe, but like I I not like. I listened to like Q one oh two and I don't think they played oh. that all all the time and They you know, might have. <laughs> I don't remember Q one oh two known for playing rap that much. Like maybe I, I not mean, in two thousand. And that was like and I would you know, in the car when I would have to drive with my parents, they'd always listen to B one oh one, you know, so like B-101. that's the music. Point this is yeah. For those for those people that don't know, B one oh one Never yeah. has, never will. See, it, it froze again. Would you say? I didn't hear it. I I heard everything. No, what did you say? B one hundred one. What? It's not a rap station. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just no, for those who no, don't know, not at all, not at all. Um, but yeah, like that's the music I was kind of like listening to then. So when the aggression CD came out, or like the aggression songs were played on TV. I was into it, man. So I had my mom let me buy it, and I would listen. I would sit on my recliner. This is how I would listen to music from like, you know, this time period on. Whatever you know, how to like some people meditate. Well, I would go sit on my recliner and just listen to my CDs, and so a lot of times I would just fall asleep, and that would be, I guess, my way of like meditating myself. Like it's just. You know, like, I'm in the mood to go, like, relax, and that's what I would do. So I would do, I would relax to the aggression CD as well, along with. What? Uh, <laughs> you relax to Pimpin' Ain't Easy? You relax <laughs> to Old Dirty Bastard? Well, hey, no one else heard it. So, I mean, they were my headphones, so. <laughs> I wouldn't consider yeah. not nail another song on this album to be relaxing. <laughs> well, you know, I would sit on the recliner and just jam out then. Just jam out. I would, I would uh, get aggressive in my pushing the rocking uh, chair portion of the recliner. So, um, I would have to move it out so it wouldn't hit the wall. <laughs> you listening to C Murder while relaxing? You may or may not have committed a crime twenty years ago. They serving time for. Why not? It's still up in the air on C Murder. It's one of my so, favorite things to do when I was don't a kid. know going sit on the recliner, listen to some of the CDs I burned. You remember CD burning? Uh, burn some yeah. CDs. I would ha- have a you know a separate contraption that you would hook up to the computer and put a blank CD in there and burn it, and it would take you know like an hour and then boom. So I would you know download the music from Napster or LimeWire, Kazaa, and uh, this is all oh around the same time period. So I just remember sitting you know on that recliner. I would listen to Full Metal because I had Full Metal the album, WF the Music Volume Two. Um, I three might have been out by now. I, I don't know, but definitely the aggression CD I would listen to. So it's good stuff. That that was a good like time period for me when I would be able to just go sit and listen <laughs> to music. It's a good time de- decompress. Bukapon on the aggression album. Because yeah, I said Bukapon. Yeah, that Bukapon. Yeah. The same one who's nowadays more famous for being a comedian. Okay. You might have seen him on those YouTube shows like Roast Me from All Deaf Digital. 
they're always hysterical. I don't know if you ever you ever heard of this, Nick. Roast me. Nope. Well, this bunch of comedians is sitting in the room and they literally just roast each other. They like call one up at a time and they just roast each other for like two hours straight. I mean, <laughs> it's outrageous. Okay, and Boo Capone is a frequent guest on this show and he roasts people all the time and people roast him <laughs> all the time he's one of the funniest people on there like he just says wild things some of the things don't even make sense bro but he's just really funny and they had this other game that they do called uh dad jokes where they read like corny jokes to each other but you can't laugh if you laugh you lose but Bucapone doesn't his jokes don't even be that funny it's just things he does that gets people to laugh and he wins every time <laughs> like he's undefeated in this game so who Capone? He, who I knew rapped. I knew he did rap back in the day. I didn't know he made it on this to, to this album until I was doing research for the show. <laughs> like I'm looking at the list, I'm like, oh yeah, Boo Capone. Okay, I know Boo Capone. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I don't know if this is the most popular thing he's done, but there are people who heard this album like yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> how I found not, out about Rum DMC. Run DMC. So. But they have not kept up with Boo Capone over the years, obviously. No, no, I have not. <laughs> and he's still out here doing funny things. So shout out to Boo Capone. Uh, but we got Run DMC for DX. Road Dog gets on the mic before the match. He does his stick. Uh, and he's with X Pac, of course, which is not the usual pairing you see for these guys. Team. But speaking of X Pac. Uh, shout out to him, man. He recently lost his dog, Lula. Uh, losing a dog is tough in general, but uh, Lola, Lula was his emotional support dog, and he took her, took the dog wherever he went, pretty much. I mean, there's nothing to see a picture of X-Pac out in the public at, like, award shows and Hall of Fame inductions, and he has that dog with him. So, clearly, it meant a lot. The dog meant a lot to him, and I hope he's doing all right. So, I don't know. Same. I don't know what it's like for people to lose an emotional support animal. I can imagine it's tough, though, because, you know, they're the reason why they're there is for emotional support. Now they're gone, and you might yeah. be grieving that. That's tough, man. Yeah, and you can't just replace, you know, it, it's it's tough. Exactly. So, uh, shout out to X-Pac. Hope he's doing all right uh, after the loss of Lula. But we got Agent Christian uh, coming out through the crowd still. Uh, they're still they're kind of, are they like tweeners at this point? I think they're about to become uh, full-fledged heels, but uh, I think because they, they're just one month removed from winning the titles, right? For they, the first time, yeah. So everyone loved them. I don't, you know, I, I can't remember how they were on TV between now and then, but, um, you know, people seem to like them. I mean, Xbox and Road Dog were definitely heels. So, uh, th- I mean, the way they won the match definitely... <laughs> like okay, yeah, they're definitely yeah going to be heels if they're not already. But uh, yeah, I, I watching this live, not really knowing the turns and whatnot. I was like, oh well, clearly DX are the heels, so Edge and Christian must be the faces. But it, it was you know WWF booked differently around this time because they yeah. you know they didn't always do the face versus heel thing at this. Yeah, because this was so. sort of an odd matchup because of that. Because DX yeah. were definitely heels. And Edge and Christian were like still rounding into form as right, heels, right? Um, but they were still coming out through the crowd. They didn't cut. I don't know if they were cutting promos yet, kicking, you know, killing every crowd they went to, kill, killing every city they went to, uh, doing five second poses just yet. 
Um, this was still early on in that in that run. So, but like I said, it was still kind of weird to see them in that spot uh, because, like I said, the fans were hot for this match. They were all about Edge and Christian. Hell, they were all about DX when they first came out. To be honest with you, um, yeah. but this match was good. It was fine. The fans were going crazy for this near the end. <laughs> um, and as you mentioned earlier, Edge and Christian won with Christian hitting X-Pac over the head with the ring bell. Not the most babyface way of winning. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, Edge pins X-Pac for the one, two, three. The bell does not ring because it just got wrapped around X-Pac's head and he's busted open. And Edge and Christian uh, retain the WWF World Tag Team titles. Again, this match was fine. It that was, looked like it hurt. You know, I, I, I was yeah. trying to pinpoint if you know Xbox bladed or whatnot, but I, I don't know if I don't know if that was a blade job. Definitely didn't seem like it because he got nailed I mean, right in the head. Like, yeah, he did. He no, did. he didn't put his hands up or anything, or I mean, you know, not enough time. So, uh, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh well, I guess if Edge and Christian aren't faces and or aren't heels, they are now. So. Yeah, that was like the the alarm bell, no pun intended, going off. Right. It's like heel turn, heel turn, <laughs> heel turn. They are turning heel. If not tonight, then another night. It's going to happen. It's like when you know they you win the title and then you turn instead of like turning before <laughs> or after. Like I like it when you're actually the champion and you go from good to bad. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, you be kind of come you know arrogant, become arrogant, I guess. And it goes to your head, yeah. sort of thing. You become a bad guy, so. As we're edging Christian on their way to doing uh, here at Backlash. But a good opener, nonetheless, uh, despite confusing roles for the teams. Uh, but we go backstage and we get a limo pulling up. Who's in the limo? Could it be Steve Austin? Is he here? Steve Austin Has he arrived? in a limo? No, no, no. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. Now you see some expensive-ass loafers hop out the, the limo and it's The Rock. Ah. Uh. Who's in one of his nine hundred dollars shirts that is not buttoned up? <laughs> this is a hilarious look. <laughs> Bare Honestly. chest sticking out like a hoe <laughs> in these streets, right? Woo! We're That's funky. Just out here, just say women love me. <laughs> look, he had on. Right? Where's his gear at though? He just showed oh, up and <laughs> he, he, where's his gear at? He just pulled up in a silk shirt, slacks, loafers, yeah, and shades. Like he's not even carrying a bag. Right, he, and, and ready to challenge for the title. <laughs> I guess he, he's got the, the chauffeur's got to get it from the trunk or something and bring it to his locker room. Oh, maybe. that's right, that's right, that's right. Of course, he would do it, get it himself. He's the rock. Look how much, look how expensive that shirt is. Come on. We move on now. It is now time for the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. It is Scotty Too Hottie challenging Dean Malenko. And you're probably wondering, when in the hell did Scotty Suhati and Dean Malenko get a one-on-one match on pay-per-view ever? <laughs> I was going to say, this wasn't the era known for the WWF light heavyweight uh, division. Was but there ever an of, era? But they had one of really? the best blood heavyweight matches I think we've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the honest truth. But I don't know if there was really an era for the light heavyweight title specifically. Um, but this is like, this match... It's like a match that like, and I know I don't know if you're familiar with this series or this YouTube channel, but it's a YouTube channel called Secret Base where they do like these real specific uh, videos about real specific points in time, and they use charts and graphs and stuff like that. They have like dot matrices and stuff like that. This match, if you had a dot matrix of like wrestlers and 
pay-per-view matches like this would be like real isolated on the dot matrix because it's like the only time these two guys have ever met one-on-one on pay-per-view number one and it's also according to profitedb.com D Malenko's first and only one-on-one match on WWF pay-per-view <laughs> okay wow his only one he had another singles match at judgment day but it wasn't a one-on-one it was a triple threat it was him Perry Saturn and Eddie Guerrero for the European Championship but this is also Scotty Duhati's first one-on-one match on WWF pay-per-view <laughs> okay He's had more after this, though. Do you want to know what they were? Royal Rumbles? I'll tell you. Don't worry about it. I'll just <laughs> tell you. I wasn't trying to get guess Scottie Duhati's one-on-one pay-per-view matches. That would be outrageous. <laughs> uh, his next one, though, according to ProfiteDB.com, was at Rebellion in 2001 oh, wow. against the Hurricane. Next one after that? Judgment Day in 2004 against Mordecai. Oh, man. I think Judgment Day in 2004 was a SmackDown pay-per-view. I believe so. That's why you see Mordecai and Scotty too hottie. <laughs> I would have been pissed if I ordered That's Judgment a, Day. Hey, man, brand extension could have worked, but not, not for Mordecai. They just didn't have the depth, bro. <laughs> they just didn't have the depth. Um <laughs> he had a dark match at Armageddon 2006 against Vladimir Kozlov. Oh. And then he, I don't know if this is a one-on-one match. It was a cruiserweight open at No Way Out 2007. I don't think it was one-on-one, but whatever. He he appeared there too. But, yeah, what a very just, like, obscure, like, too, like, not really obscure. I don't want to say Dean Malenko's obscure. I don't even say Scott Zuhadi's obscure. But, like, if if you went to a, the average person and say, hey, Name some wrestlers. They're not going to say Scotty Zuhadi <laughs> and Dean Malenko. <laughs> like, as much as I like, I, I'm a fan of them both. Scotty Zuhadi, do to his credit, does have a Migos song named after him. Dean Malenko can't even say that. So, <laughs> Scotty Zuhadi is probably on another level than Dean Malenko. You know, shout out to both of them, though. No disrespect, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just a. This is like who, <laughs> who's like our wrestling fans match here. This is like <laughs> name two wrestlers. Off the top of your head, let you know they're on Twitter. Like, name a random football player. Yeah. This, this is like, name a random wrestler. And he'd be like, Scotty Zuhati. <laughs> That's be the first name I come up with. <laughs> like, like a couple years ago, when I worked for the Eagles, and this might be a little secret here, but we were behind, a couple of us were behind that uh, random NFL QB's Twitter account. <laughs> I won't name any other names besides myself, but I would help gather some names. I would say that much. Because uh, I just know obscure random football players. And we would just post one every day. And other accounts are popping up that would do the same thing. And now you see it's like a regular occurrence on Twitter now. People just say, name a random thing or name a random this or whatever. Wait, but if, was it, they would be put, would it be a picture? Yeah. Of the, of the player? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why you would retweet them. I remember Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, I wasn't just retweeting for fun. <laughs> One of the I was just like, what a random thing to come on to on someone's timeline. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that. I, I personally knew the people who was running the account. We worked for the Eagles at the time. <laughs> it was fun. It was multiple people. I don't remember involved. if I followed that account or not. But I yeah, remember I seeing remember. it on your, you retweeting them. I used to retweet it every day. I used to be like, who is it today? And we're like, yeah. Ronda Gaston. Yes. <laughs> 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 Who is 
sponsor today, Jay Fiedler. Oh yeah, Jay Fiedler. <laughs> and we had, I think we started with basketball, and then we went to football. I don't know if we got to baseball or hockey, but yeah, we have basketball. Dana Barrows was one of them for basketball. It was, it was fun times, fun times. But yeah, that was funny. That was it was a couple of a uh, couple of us there <laughs> involved. <laughs> we had a whole spreadsheet and everything, bro. We we went official with that. That's funny. We went official with that. But again, if there was a wrestling version. Name a random WWF wrestler. <laughs> Scotty Too Hotty. We'd be like the first one. And the second one might be Grandmaster Sexay. <laughs> like, probably, yeah. Probably. Uh, but Scotty Too Hotty, no matter, you know, how you feel about him, was Scotty Too Over in Washington, D.C. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Hold he even on, danced with. On. Hey, let's go. <laughs> he even danced with Lillian Garcia before the match. They was getting busy <laughs> in the ring. Shout out to Scotty Too Hotty, man. He's dope. He's dope. Uh, but on this night, he's coming in as a former light heavyweight champion. He won the title on April 17th. He lost it eight days later on SmackDown. Ah. <laughs> wow. uh, the title was just really unearthed back in February when S.A. Rios came back and won it on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. S.A. Rios. Of all places. He yeah, S.A. Rios. He was on this show as well. Yeah, we're going to talk about him later on for the European title match. <laughs> with Eddie Guerrero and China and Lita. What a wild thing that I used was. used to be like a random fan. Of, I said Rios would be my random wrestler. Bro. Because I used to like, I would mark out for him for whatever I'm reason. Same. Even before same. Lita. Like, I'd be like, when he was Papi Chulo. So I was like, yeah, man, Papi Chulo. Yeah, I didn't know him as Papi Chulo. Yeah. <laughs> but I did know S.A. Rios. S. And Rios. I used to play with him in SmackDown, the video game. Here it comes again. <laughs> SmackDown know your role. Man, he was even in the video game. He was a big deal. I, I used to dominate the light heavyweight division when they say Rios, all right? Huda can run us all the time. I am I surprised do that. that he... Surprised he wasn't, like, bigger, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But I was... I was with you. I was like, I see Rios is kind of dope, but maybe because we just wasn't used to watching, like, every luchador. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe, at least for me, I wasn't watching WCW a ton when the Cruiserweights would, like, really cooking in WCW, but, um, you know, obviously in later years, I've come to appreciate what they did, but I'm, I'm a fan of S.A. Rios. I liked him. Um, this was a fun match, though. Like you said, this was really well done. I really enjoyed this match. Um, the finish was wild as uh, Malenko pulls off a reversal of sorts from, you know, Scotty Duhati is on the top rope trying to do a superplex, mm. and Malenko reverses it into a DDT from the top rope. Mm. Pulled out one of his 1,000 holes. That might have been 1,001. He might have might brought have out a new one. Um, that spot was wild and dangerous, but it worked out on this <laughs> night. <laughs> Nobody got hurt, fortunately. Yeah, and, um, uh, not even 13 minutes. So it like, felt like it was a longer match than that. So that that's a good thing, I think, where... Yeah, um, you know it's not a match that you see on WWF TV too much during this era. And no, Team Malenko wasn't. He just he had just come in with Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero. What three months before this? So yeah, they're about. Are, already all they're already all over the show, and Team Malenko is already like a champion. And this made me think, okay, the light heavyweight division is really gonna take off now you know, when you have guys like this. Week in and week out, but I mean, it really so, was only guys like this. <laughs> like, so you thought you can't do Dean they, versus Scotty every week? 
They tried to turn Dean Malenko into James Bond for some reason, <laughs> which was like, who thought of who thought of Dean Malenko as like this dashing, ravishing man? Like, I don't think Dean Malenko even saw himself like that. He's I a man of a thousand what, holds. He's an Ice Man. I remember when didn't he have emotions. Now he's James Bond. And he met Lita <laughs> the they in the hotel, and they got attacked by the Hardys. That cracked me up. <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> I forgot about that. They turned him into a sleaze. What were they doing? Man. He went from the Iceman to the sleaze ball. What's going on here? He did. Why did they do that to him? And like you said, you know, you thought, oh, the light heavyweight division, there's going to be something now. Mm. Wrong. Because Malenko retains the title and kept it until March of 2001. Really? When he lost it to Crash Holly. That shows you how much WWF cared about that title. In an era where people won and lost titles all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Months. Malenko somehow f- found found a way to hold that title for damn near a year. No, he didn't defend it every week. They just stopped using it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They just didn't care. Yeah. They didn't think to like change it for what? Just have him defend it on Sunday Night Heat again. It's great. Man, like you still have SmackDown there and two hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown and still. Like, nah. Nah, you remember watching? <laughs> you I'm say, do you remember watching a bunch of Dean Malenko on SmackDown in 2000? No, I mean I don't remember a lot about that period, like week to week. So that was 23 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, memory is a little fuzzy for me at times, but I can tell you right now with confidence, I don't remember seeing Dean Malenko that much <laughs> on television. Uh, there's probably a lot of people who don't know they try to make him into James Bond at some point. <laughs> Because they didn't watch it. <laughs> like they just didn't see it. Uh, but we're now we're backstage with the McMahon family. Who's sitting on the couch in their little lounge room or whatever. And they're with Patterson and Briscoe, the Stooges. They're back. They're back in the fold. And Vince is like, you sure you're back? You're back? Like, why would you let them in the room? Why are you asking them if they're sure now? Like, they're here. <laughs> what are they going to say? No, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of half in, half out. I don't know. But Vince is like, hey, it's a good thing you're back. It's all hands on deck for tonight. Mm. It's important. Shane comes in. He shows off his referee shirt. How do you think I look, guys? Not just a look. How do you think my quad will look in the shirt? I don't know. I hate those rough shirts, by the way. They're really you don't like the You don't like the black and white striped shirts? No. I, I liked when SmackDown, when they did the branded section, the SmackDown refs wore a blue polo. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And the light blue that WWF had and WCW had back then. I enjoy that. I'm not against the black and white, but I understand that it's not necessary. Like, only football really has the black and white. Oh, I guess hockey, too, right? Hockey has black and white, uh, like, yeah. striped refs. But, like, basketball, they wear gray shirts. Umpires and baseball wear, like, the dark blue, navy blue. I think yeah. they wear – do they still wear light blue at times? Some of them do, yeah. Okay. I know that happened back in the day more, but some, you know, I know it happens less frequently these days. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they just stuck with that. They could make the color whatever they want, (laughs) but just make it either black or white, like a polo. Like it doesn't have to be striped. It's annoying. That whole look just annoys me. And I, I noticed it more during this pay-per-view for some reason. Like I wasn't even like looking for it. I was like, you know what? I think it was during the Jericho Benoit match when I saw Tim White. I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> After you saw Tim White of all people. <laughs> of all people. 
Hall of Man. Famer. Tim White. What, you did, not when you saw Teddy Long? And no. Tim White. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Nah, nah, I just... Yeah, man. It's something that it irritates me the way the red, white, and blue ropes now AEW has. They irritate me. That's just, funny. It's just a little thing. <laughs> we'll move on from that. And now we're on to our next match, which is another tag team match player, which is fitting because we got Teddy Long as the referee of this match. How about that? But this tag team match features the Acolytes. Of course, Bradshaw and Farouk going against a seldom seen pairing of Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan. to make this a tag team match. He didn't make this technically a tag team match. He was just referring the match <laughs> this time around. Uh, maybe this is where he started you know, getting the idea. Like, I, I like tag team matches. But re- remember Bull Buchanan? I do. He was around he, a lot. He was. I, Jim Ross, uh, you knew the people that Jim Ross were high on that oh, he brought in yes. himself because he would always like talk him up as much as possible. Because it's like, I'm the one who brought in Bull Buchanan, so, and this is why he's awesome. You know? Right. He personally signed Bull Buchanan straight off the football field somewhere <laughs> <laughs> in Georgia. He loved talking to Bull Buchanan. Big Georgian. Big old tall, strong man that is. <laughs> you definitely tell when Jay, like you said, when Jr. had a little personal favorite, somebody that he personally signed and thought like this guy should be a star, and Vince just did not agree. <laughs> just a, did not with big boss man. <laughs> right, he just disagreed. Vince just did not see it. But uh, big Bull Buchanan, real name Barry Buchanan, was a, pretty much a journeyman wrestler from Bowden, Georgia. He had a cup of coffee with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, ECW, and even spent a couple years with the USWA before getting into the WWF in 1997, where he first appeared as a member of the Truth Commission. Remember that? Yeah. With Don Callis Callis. and Kurgan. Kurgan. And and who else is in that group? uh, Recon, right? Was he Recon? Or somebody else Recon? I don't know. Those stupid names. Recon. Wasn't Sniper the other one? (laughs) Sniper? What? Yeah, I don't know. Um, pretty much trying to be like uh, a cult type of thing. I don't know. David Koresh? Sort of? I don't know. Uh, either way. Was that what it was supposed to be? No, I, I got that <laughs> wrong. I confused it. <laughs> I think more Don Callis is more or less like a David yeah. Koresh type of yeah. character, not the group itself. So I, yeah. that's why I yeah. confused it. The and group itself was like a militant... Yeah. Like type yeah, of, yeah. you know, mercenary type of group or something like that. And then Vince saw, I guess, Kurgan in person finally. I was like, oh, you're tall. Get rid of these other guys. <laughs> right. Bull Buchanan, go to OVW. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. And then he showed back up in 2000 with Big Boss Man mm. as his tag team partner uh, before eventually being shifted to the right to censor. He eventually also became... John Cena's one and only full-time tag team partner in 2002. Now, unless you count Shawn Michaels when they were tag team champions, but like they, John Cena and B2, as he was known, and B squared, as he was known with John Cena, they were like a tandem. That was like a team. You know, Bull Buchanan was a hip hopper. Now that must have been during my sabbatical. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was like 02, early 03. You didn't miss it. You did not miss it. But, yes, they were like homies for a little while there. 
in 2002-ish or so. But he worked Japan for a little while after his WWF days. And nowadays, his son is in NXT as Brooks Jensen. Oh. Yeah. Did okay. you know that? I did not, actually. What a terrible name that is. Von Wagner. Whose uh, son is that? Ooh, we just talked about that. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking of, but uh, for some reason I mixed them up. Oh, man. I can't remember now. Who's Braun Breaker's son? <laughs> well, we or, know his, his not, dad not is. Not son, his father. <laughs> we know who his dad is. Uh, Cal, his real name is Cal Bloom. That doesn't st- still not striking a name with me over who is his. Oh, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne Bloom. Wayne uh, Bloom. Beverly brother. Yeah. Oh, yes. Bo, Bo Beverly. That's it. Yeah. It's like Wayne Bloom, is it? Wait, was, or was it Blake? It was one of the Beverly Brothers. I do yeah, remember that. Now, now that's going to... Bo- I think Bo was Mike Eno <laughs> and Blake was Wayne Bloom. Oh, now we got to look this up? <laughs> the Beverly Brothers? That's going to bother me. I thought we talked enough about the Beverly Brothers <laughs> at one time. That was enough. I, I believe you even made a uh, statement that that will be the last time we'll ever talk about them. But obviously, You're right. Obviously. <laughs> but we're, I'm wrong. But it was, <laughs> yeah. in fact, Bo Beverly. So Wayne Bloom was Bo. Yes. Okay. So yeah, Von uh, Wagner, okay. son of Bo Beverly. There you go. There's your Beverly brothers and your. He's Bull gonna be Buchanan. the one to dethrone Roman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> With Bo Beverly in his corner. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not Cody's story new, living up for his dad. Yeah, the new it's, bloodline. It's, it's what is Von Wagner finishing the story for his dad, Bo Beverly. <laughs> he won't even be Wayne Bloom. He'd be Bo Beverly. The Bev- they'll just rewrite Bo history as they do. Bo Beverly the Beverly Jr. Brothers, one of the best tag teams of the new generation era. It's like, what? One of the top 20 tag teams of the 1990s. The Beverly Brothers. <laughs> I got to say... As an aside, this whole finish the story thing, there that's way too much at this point. It's like stop using the word story. Like let, let's <laughs> stop. Now you're literally saying, Hey, this isn't real, it's just a story. Like, stop. Stop. I, don't I figured like, it was, I, don't I like thought it was like figurative story, but I get what you're yeah, saying. I mean like I, I, I know that's what they're going for, but that's not how I'm taking it. <laughs> I got <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it probably like not how they're trying to present it, but it's like, okay, relax. We hear like every promo now. It's like, relax. <laughs> Put on some this aggression is... CD and relax. <laughs> <laughs> Do like 10 year old or 15 year old Nick. Put on the aggression go CD. Go on the recliner. Go on the recliner. Which you're probably, I'm sure you had frosted tips maybe back at this point. Maybe some baggy jeans. The whole the whole uh, head, actually. The whole like, top like of a, my head. Like a South Pole shirt, something like that. Some Pelly Pelly jeans. <laughs> rocking out. That's right. Into <laughs> the aggression album. Um, this is a match, though. Uh, Bull this Buchanan was before the it. APA, right? Yeah. Well, they said the Acolytes Protection Agency. I don't think oh. they were technically called the APA at this point. I think they're still the Acolytes. But they mentioned on commentary at one point, uh, I think okay, who mentioned it, but it's like, oh, you got to pay for some protection from the you know Acolytes Protection Agency. They said it. Oh wow. So whether they were they they weren't technically the APA though at this point. But how did they bounce back from this? Then they lost. <laughs> right. The lost. And Big Boss Man. Clean. And then they got to, 
even bet, like bigger after that. They lost clean to Bo Buchanan <laughs> from a scissor kick from the top rope, mind right. you. That was a dope move. Right. I don't think even Booker T has pulled that one off. <laughs> but, I mean, they got over because they were hilarious. Like, they had the door backstage. Yeah. And everybody interacted with it. And everybody. It wasn't like only mid-carders and, you know, lower guys did it. Main eventers were interacting with the door. The Rock walked past the door. They didn't acknowledge him. And it was like, hey, you got to knock on the door. They're like, oh, you want the rock to knock? <laughs> and he went back and knocked on the door. Like, everybody respected the door <laughs> for the APA. Like, it was hilarious. They just sit backstage and play cards. And then they beat up people at the bar to friendly tap all the time. Tim White's yeah. bar. Yeah. Great times. So that's why they got over. It wasn't nothing they did in the ring. <laughs> Tell you that right now. They're former tag team champions. I don't remember what those t- title reigns looked like. But I remember all the backstage segments for the APA for yeah. when, when people would come through and asking for protection, I which was that. hilarious. What a hilarious thing to have in your locker room as part of your show <laughs> is two guys who people pay. This is a wrestling show. Everybody's supposed to be tough. But these are the toughest guys. And they got people paying them to, for protection. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't know why. <laughs> I think that's so funny that they were just a sitting protection agency on the roster for like two years, <laughs> whatever it was, like multiple yeah, years. They, uh, and then they split up, and then they came back together for a little bit before right. eventually split up for good. And it was in this was part of the story in uh, No Mercy, the video game. Like I'd be on my Intercontinental Title Quest, and Chris Benoit approached the APA and be like, "Hey, I need some protection." Right. It's like, son of a bitch. It was such a <laughs> part of the story. And they would literally take money from anyone. They were mercenaries. <laughs> That's the funny part. They were literally mercenaries it, on the roster. And they would take money from bad guys, good guys. It did not matter. And it's <laughs> they funny, like, paid. They, they got take, paid. They did the work. Yeah. And they were like baby faces after it really started. And then when they would take the money from the bad guy, they would still like either beat up the bad guy or make the bad guy look stupid. So it was like perfect. <laughs> right. They were baby-faced mercenaries, <laughs> like, and people were just like cool with it. They were. They, they were. took. They did a service. They had an office. They had uh, file cabinets <laughs> with beer in them, but it was file cabinets yeah. nonetheless. Like it was hysterical. I think I don't. You can't replicate it, obviously, but I, I just, I just, I didn't think it's one of the more creative things WWF had on, on the roster at the time was just these two guys yeah. sitting backstage playing guards, smoking cigars, not wrestling matches like that. Their segments was mostly yeah. backstage <laughs> and then they beat up some people and go back to the table and play some more cards. Hysterical. I think it was a great part of the story that anybody that could, they could interact with literally anyone and be yeah. a part of any story at any given time, simply because somebody needed some help. Yep. And if they had the cash, APA was their was their guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's I I, I love the APA. I thought they were hilarious. Uh, but this match, they lost. They needed yeah, somebody to protect themselves on this night. I guess I don't know. Another tag match as well. Yeah, another one. And there's more. Well, it's really the second one, but I mean, there's another the one. Night, though, right? Yeah, there we have. Uh, oh yeah, one more, boys. two more. Yeah. We got one more. One more. One more tag match on this show. But we move on from that tag match to backstage. We're backstage with the Hardy Boys. And Matt's telling Jeff, hey, man, I'm not going to hold back during the title match. And Jeff is like, yeah, I, I got it. You know, I understand. We're cool with that. We've been fighting our whole lives. Let's just keep fighting again. We'll be cool. We're brothers again. And they have an understanding. And they're cool. 
Then we switch over to the to the Holly locker room <laughs> with Crash Holly and Hardcore Holly, and this conversation is totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Because Crash is trying to be like the Hardy Boys. Hey, man, you know, we're cousins. We're going to fight, but we'll be, let the best man win. And Hardcore Holly's like, what the hell? And slapped him upside his head. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? The best man win. I'm going to beat your ass out there. This is going to happen. I don't give a damn what happens to you. So, yeah, Hardcore Holly, not a nice person. <laughs> no. No. Not this a is nice like relative. the backstage stuff. Like, it was hitting. You know, they were hitting on almost <laughs> everything at this point. Like, was, everything was entertaining. The fact that they went from the the nice brotherly conversation, (laughs) that they talked that they had an understanding, a very healthy adult conversation that ended with like a dap, you know, they did napes and they did that, move on, very healthy, and then the very unhealthy and toxic (laughs) hardcore Holly, the big shot, slaps his own cousin upside the head. The the, the juxtaposition was, yeah, it was hilarious. (laughs) I just used juxtaposition to describe, uh, a wrestling segment, by the way. <laughs> That's when you know we've gone too deep. It can't, be, uh, it can't be great. It's not often, but it can't be great. <laughs> <laughs> in, this, in this context, it makes sense and it works. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but now we're back in the ring. We're back at ringside with JR and the King. And JR mentioned that there was a big parade outside oh. in D.C. that messed up all the traffic and made the traffic awful. Oh, no. And then Lawler asked JR, like, hey, did you watch in that parade? And JR was like, hell no. And J- Lala was like, you sure? So I was like, what? Why did JR have such a strong reaction what, to that what, question? What parade is going on on April 30th, 2000? <laughs> it's funny. It's like one quick Google search. You can find out. Yeah. Did you? So I looked it up. <laughs> and it was the Millennium March on Washington, which was this march was to raise awareness of LGBT rights in the United States. This was an event that was held over the course of three days, with Sunday, April 30th, being the final day. Wow. I'd imagine it was the biggest day. Wow. And, yeah. So, I say all of that to say that little exchange between JR and King wasn't necessarily horrible, but it wasn't great either. Nah, not great at all. <laughs> it wasn't great. You know, they didn't mention the parade by name. That was intentional, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that's what that parade was they were talking about. Big parade in Washington. So that's why JR was like, hell no, I wasn't marching in that because this is an LBGTQ march. So an event. So there you go. But we move on from that to the next match. It is for the WWF Hardcore Championship. It is a six-pack challenge, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Did they call it a six-pack challenge? I don't think they did, but... It's six people in the match. Yeah. It's every man for themselves and one fall to a finish. That sounds like a six-pack challenge to me. It does. And they had been using six-pack before this. so Right. Which also, the name six-pack challenge, what the, what, what the hell? <laughs> well, what, what else would you call a, a, a match like that with six people? Six-man match? Eh, no, because you got six-man tag. You don't want to confuse the viewer. No, you, you don't. Know? Six-man tag, six-man match. Six-man? I don't know. Six-pack six challenge pack sounds challenge. cool. It sounded cool in 99, I guess. Like, it's well, six-pack, get it? Is it? This is just a few months later. Right. But I'm saying, like, in hindsight now, it what does it mean? Cool. You don't think it sounds cool? No. It's it just sounds better six than six-man six man match. Like, 
we'd be sitting here if they use that we'd be sitting here and be like what the hell they couldn't come up with a better name <laughs> I'd be like it's fine <laughs> like, it's just call it what it is it's not like I don't know you come up with different names for it I don't, I don't know you don't have to uh, I know you got triple threat and fatal four way but mm-hmm. like even those names what's fatal about a four way <laughs> like why is well, that the, fatal the alliteration of course what other half word can you fatal. put in front of it you got three way. You could have three way dance, four way dance, six way dance. Four, I guess a four, dance is still four, like four weird. Dance, but I, I like. I don't know about six way. Six way <laughs> dance. <laughs> I don't know. Twelve way dance. I don't know. But uh, a dozen Baker's dozen challenge. That's, that's the, the one six, I want. Six man Royal Rumble hardcore invitational. <laughs> <laughs> Not a six pack challenge. Let's get a let's get a Baker's dozen challenge. But let's get a uh, instead of a six pack. Let's get a let's get a case, <laughs> right? Let's get a full. What's it? What's a case? Thirty two or twenty four? Um, either, either way, or. <laughs> either one. I forget. But this match features Crash Holly defending against Taz, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Hardcore Holly, and Perry Saturn. He's just hanging out defending here as a member of the Radicals. Defending what? Oh, the Hardcore Championship. Uh. Obviously, it was, it was who else is going to be wrestling for? <laughs> it was twenty four seven rules at this point as well. It so. was, and Hardcore Holly even said when he after he slapped Crash upside the head, he's like, "You look at a ref ain't around right now. <laughs> I beat you right now." <laughs> I tried so. watching this with the subtitles on, and they were a little delayed, but I did uh, see that, and I didn't even hear him say it because <laughs> I. Maybe it's my TV. Maybe I didn't have the volume all the way up like I should have. But uh, I was like, that's kind of funny. Like, I read it, and I knew, like, it was Hardcore Holly saying it. And I was like, that's that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, during Taz's entrance, JR just craps all over baseball players for how they fight each other. Uh, I found that unnecessary. He just hated the way baseball players fought each other um, for some reason. Is there, like, a brawl, I guess? I haven't. He, he mentioned something about it. I didn't. Look that particular thing up, even, but I wasn't even paying attention to that. But I guess you were. I was like, you, you offended by that baseball? I, I might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, baseball players are stupid um, with the unwritten rules, but back then I probably didn't think so. Also, the fights are never really like big fights. They just like gotta right. get gather on the mound somewhere, yeah. and a bunch of people stand out and be like, no, no, yeah, like oh, a few oh, punches oh, wait, in wait, if, if you're lucky, and then everyone else swarms in to stop yeah. everything or. Or to escalate, you know. <laughs> Bench is clear, and it's like nothing <laughs> happened, though. They just people just ran out and just said, hey, "Okay, hello, one. how you doing?" We already had one this past weekend, like the first oh, one of the season. So nice, yeah. Benches clearing brawl, all because uh, I guess the guy from Pittsburgh broke his ankle sliding into home, and the catcher, obviously not realizing he he was as injured as he was, he like looks back and kind of says something to him, probably like talking trash. And uh, the guy on deck comes in, starts some stuff, and the bench is clear. It's just like stuff like that <laughs> just cracks me up. It's like really like everyone's so. Could you imagine do that? <laughs> if every player on the field in football ran onto the field to for a fight? <laughs> they don't even allow if you step on the court in basketball for a fight, you get suspended yeah. just for stepping on the court. Why yeah. do they allow that in baseball? I don't I understand don't that. Maybe um, they just look at it as part of the game. Like players throw their weight around so much that, you know, you would think stuff like that would not happen. But you can do anymore. it as like the like, NBA. Like if you step out there, you're getting suspended. 
Yeah, but they play 162 games. So if you suspend them one or two games, I guess it doesn't right. mean, mean. But a nobody lot. wants to. Nobody wants to miss a game check generally, or one even one yeah. or two games. Yeah. That's all. Just gets suspended in basketball. It's like one or two games. Like. So I don't know. I don't know why they allow that in baseball. It's just I don't know. It's whack. It is whack. Maybe because it's mostly white players. <laughs> no, like. Because that that would not happen in a football game. Every I mean, you've seen it happen, but it's always like complete chaos. Obviously, there's more people. People got armor on, so they're just yeah. fighting each other. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of chaos, this match that that's what this match was. It was chaos. <laughs> all right. Uh, I love that crash was referred to as Elroy Jetson by Jr. and King. I think that's hilarious. Uh, rest in peace to Crash Holly, by the way. Yes. But. Uh, he did look like Elroy Jetson. Like I think that was a funny, <laughs> a funny uh, not reference there. Um, but he runs away from the fight because this is what Crash Holly does. He tries to avoid fighting, even though he is the champion of the hardcore division. <laughs> it's not the most courageous guy in the world. Uh, but he he climbs up the structure of one of the hooks, and then he gets he's hanging off his he's like yeah, I think his I- knees hanging there and it looks bad. I don't know. And he eventually I, falls off. I don't know if that was planned. Uh, I mean, maybe it was, but like he got he was up pretty high and then he fell pretty awkwardly. I was like, man. Yeah, it didn't look good. Like it didn't seem like people were set up underneath just in case he were to accidentally fall through like that one time. And then he he took his leg out and then eventually would get back to the floor pretty pretty quickly. So that's why I was like, ah, I don't know, like that that seemed like an unnecessary type spot. I know they want to uh, I guess play with the set, you know, like, but that was a little much for me. I was like, kind of like, Oh God, like, I don't remember if he falls or not. So I don't want him to fall. So I was like watching this with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> Only one. You got two up. That's right. Okay. Uh, well, crash did fall. He did. Uh, you know who didn't know? Jeff Hardy. <laughs> he climbed up with crash naturally. He chose to jump off onto everyone, of course, because he's Jeff Hardy. He saw the hooks. You know, the first thing he thought of was like, <laughs> I'm jumping off of something tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> it just so happened that people were there to break his fall. <laughs> he's going to jump anyway. I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to jump off one of them hooks. <laughs> one thing will happen. I don't care now. if anyone's below there or not. I'm jumping right. off. Put, put whatever, do whatever you want. I'm jumping off one of them hooks. My name is Jeff Hardy. And I jump off things. All right. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, that's what the people came to see. Uh, and then at one point, though, Perry Saturn slams Crash Holly into one of the hooks and broke it. Yeah. I know Vince was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, bro, it kind of made it look like a that. cheap uh, set a little bit, the way how easily it broke, but it was also kind of like, damn. <laughs> hey, look, damn, bro, we paid money for that. You breaking it? That wasn't even planned. <laughs> breaking stuff. All right? Then Jeff gets creative again. He takes the hook, swings back and forth, yeah. uses the momentum to Hurricane Rana, uh, Perry Saturn. So that was pretty cool. Everyone then fights back to the ring, uh, and there's you know stuff is happening, and then the Hardy Boys break out a ladder, and fans are going crazy. Jeff hits a Swanton bomb from the top of the ladder, and then here comes Matt Hardy swooping in for the pin. <laughs> Jeff Hardy had none of that, by the way, but amidst all of this chaos. Six people in this match. Out of nowhere, Crash Holly just pins Taz. <laughs> right? I mean, and they use a bunch of weapons, obviously. You saw a stop sign at some point, you know, different things. But 
Crash somehow picks up the win. He retains the title and he crawls out of the arena <laughs> on all fours. And that's how we wrap up that match. I don't know if you had anything else from that particular affair. No, no. I mean, like the hardcore division was kind of like, what do we need ECW for now? And like the WCW <laughs> hardcore division wasn't anything. WCW's hardcore division was trash. So like this was what Shouldn't hardcore have wrestling was at this point. So I was just like, okay. I was like, the 24-7 thing was yeah, tremendous, I though. I mean, and of course, they tried to replicate it a couple years ago with the 24-7 title, which was like, just felt like desperation, and the title was ugly. Uh, you have like some, so many random people running. Like, I think it's funny, but you don't need it either. So I was no. kind of like torn a little bit. And it gets old after a while. You do it for a little bit, and it's kind of fun. And our truth was really the only person that made yeah. it worth anyone's while because he would do it anywhere. <laughs> right. But, like, it just, no. I am cool to leave that one. I'm glad um, Triple H, like, first thing he did, like, get rid of that ugly-ass belt. <laughs> get that off television. We're not we're not using this thing anymore. Get it out. And in, in 2000, the hardcore title was a good title to have. You know, like it was it was huge because you would use weapons. You know, like you like you can't do that now. Like nobody did that with 24 seven right. title. So it was a good title. And they, to and do they that went with. to the the the, uh, the, the kids uh, place, like the Discovery Zone type <laughs> place, like in the ball pit. Like that's hysterical. And like you said, the hardcore title was with weapons, so you could have some variety there. I guess. Um, but it just wasn't the same after, you know, and the hardcore title was like a, that was like must watch TV. It was like the stuff with the hardcore title at some point when you get the Briscoes doing the, uh, what, who was it? Jerry Briscoe, not the Briscoes. It was, it was Jerry Briscoe, <laughs> pen Pat Patterson. Right. And then celebrated silently as <laughs> over a sleeping Pat Patterson. Like, the referee goes, one, two, three. And Jerry Briscoe goes, yeah, <laughs> like quietly. That's my favorite one. I know the ball pit is hysterical. I know the hotel room one is great, but the the, the Stooges doing the quiet celebration win was like that was probably my favorite one. It's so good. And the referee just just does it quietly, and it still counts, I guess, over a sleeping Pat Patterson. But uh, yep, that's the hardcore title match at Backlash 2000. We're now backstage though. We're with Shane McMahon, who's being. Interviewed by I forget who is being interviewed by off the top of my head. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> are you are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> they even whispered a commentary. <laughs> Why did they whisper? Why did I not remember this? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> That's so great. Know. Jerry Pisco's hardcore champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's that so good. Great. That's great. I did not remember that. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> Your dog loves my, it, too. My dog even likes it. <laughs> Jesus. Now that my dog has calmed down, we can move on to our next match. It's actually, what? let's go back to Shane McMahon for a second who says that he will call the main event right down the middle. Absolutely. Everyone knows he's lying about that, but 
<laughs> we'll find out for sure later on. We then get a video package for the next match. It is Kurt Angle versus Big Show. This is super interesting because mm. a month prior, Big Show was in the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> like, let me say that again. A month prior, Big Show was in the main event of WrestleMania. Granted, there were three other people in that match, but he was with them. Now, by this point, he's dancing and doing parodies. <laughs> They just flat out ran out of ideas for him. And it was barely a year into his run. Like, like they already like, be goofy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I enjoyed this one, though. Enjoyed I did he- as well. Hearing that music and hearing him on the mic and we knowing that him and Hulk Hogan are friends were at least friends in real life. You know, I was probably enjoying it a bit. But, I mean, uh, but they kind of look like clown Hogan. Well, <laughs> yeah, I pointed out that's what it was, you know, in this time period as well. You know, two two years later, he's winning the title there. So. Right, I'm saying Hogan was not that offended. He came <laughs> back and won the title. He was fine. He got we're, over it. We're gonna dive dive deep into this in two weeks where he wins the title. So, right. Um, oh God. Oh yeah. <laughs> which should not get, have happened. Get ready for that. Um, but yeah, Hogan got over it. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, yeah for someone like Big Show, this is kind of like. You know, yeah, not even, yeah, just over a year. He's already had a crazy year. He debuted as McMahon's, you know, uh, I guess an enforcer of the corporation. He throws Austin into the cage. Austin wins, goes on to WrestleMania, wins. His first night in, he messes up. Yeah. (laughs) And then by that point, everyone's already turned on him. Actually, by WrestleMania, Vince already turned on him. And then he's tag teaming with The Undertaker. And then he's winning the title at Survivor Series, and then he's, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Be, he's trying to beat up The Rock because The Rock won the Royal Rumble. But no, before that, even Big Boss Man steals yeah, his dad yeah. out of the coffin. That's like, right. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that was right before <laughs> Big he won Show the title, wore that so. hot ass leather Jeez. suit yeah. to the to the funeral. Who would wear that year. to their father's funeral? What a year! <laughs> What a year Big Show had. <laughs> His dad died, and he got grave robbed by Big Boss Man. And he wore that hot-ass leather suit to his dad. Who, 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 what? What was that? And he hopped on that coffin and tried to... <laughs> no! no. Don't take my dad away. Why is that funny? That's not funny, right? That's not supposed to be funny. Funky. Funky. <laughs> no, not I'm funny. saying, for me, why am uh, I laughing at the fact that Big Boss Man desecrated this uh, man's funeral. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It's pro wrestling. You know? it's so it's like over. Rid- pro wrestling is ridiculous in a vacuum, but you know, even for the most casual what? of viewers, they'll just look at that like, what the hell? No matter how many times I think about that, it's still just as absurd as the last time I thought about it. <laughs> it probably increases in absurdity the further I get away from it. <laughs> Stole this man's car, hooked the coffin up to his car and said, Yo, daddy's dead, and then drove off. Had <laughs> a, me- a megaphone attached to his megaphone on top of the car like he was in <laughs> Blues Brothers or something. <laughs> <laughs> and pulled off in front of his whole family. There's nobody in the family stopped Big Boss Man. <sighs> but yes, what a year Big Show had. 
in his one year in WWF so far. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild time that was. Uh, but Kurt Angle comes out, and he's got a microphone. So you know he's going to cut a promo before his match. He clowns the Washington, D.C., obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's what he's going to do. And he always, I like watching these promos back. Now, we, you know, we watched the one at the Royal Rumble when he clowned New York <laughs> for not having a champion. <laughs> and now he's clowning D.C. He always clowns the cities for, like, very real things. So, like, <laughs> you know what? That's a good reason to clown them, bro. <laughs> like, yep. In this particular instance, it's for reelecting Marion Barry. And you might, you know, if you're too young or you're not from, uh, you know, United States, you might not know who Marion Barry is. But Mary was a politician in D.C. who somehow served four terms as mayor. Like, I didn't. What is D.C.'s oh, mayoral like geez. limits and terms? Like, he had four terms. Uh, but one of those terms came after he was caught on video smoking crack in a hotel room <laughs> in 1990, which was like. Footage like that was just like, oh, my God. You know, that was everywhere. Something like that today, even as wild as that sounds, would be on Twitter. Everybody would see it. But, like, then it was like, <laughs> they got that on. This actually on video? Like, you couldn't just get cameras everywhere. But this was like a part of a sting operation with the cops on video smoking crack. Like, you just didn't see that in 1990. A politician doing that. Yeah six months in federal prison for this and despite that despite the smoking of the crack which is bad enough <laughs> like, I don't want I don't want to I wouldn't want somebody who smokes crack to be the mayor like that's yeah. just not I don't think the mayor should be smoking crack that's just not something I think should happen I think that would I think that would take you out of the race more than likely. Like, if we got, you know, mayoral race happening in Philly right now, I think if we got one of the candidates on video smoking crack, that would that would end their campaign. Yeah. You know what sense. I'm saying? I think that would be the end of it. The next, not even the next day, the next hour would get, like, a, <laughs> a resignation letter from their campaign, right? Not only did it not end Marion Barry's political career, he was also reelected in 1995 <laughs> as mayor for his fourth term. They dealt with this man for three terms already. They said, you know what, Marion? Let's do it a fourth time. That crack stuff, crack is whack. We're done. Come on back, baby. Come on home. And he did. DC stands for Dat Crack. Oh, my God. So, like I said, I'm kind of with Angle on this one. Why did y'all do that, DC? <laughs> I mean, understand. maybe Marion Barry was a dope politician. I don't know. Honestly, I could not tell you what his policies were, where he stood on things, what he did for the city. He might have done great things for D.C., for all of I know. I just don't know how I mean, he got caught smoking crack on camera, how that didn't result in him not being elected for anything ever again. <laughs> like He went to jail, <laughs> like, came back, went straight back to the mayor's office pretty much. That's, that's miraculous. That's miraculous. But uh, he also clowned as an election and that nonsense. Uh, they called him a cheater, <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> which is like 2020 made that nonsense seem like child's play. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. for those who don't know, the election in 2000 was all kinds of weird and miscounts and all this and recounts. And we didn't 
determine a, a president until like January or something like that. We went multiple months not knowing who the president was going to be until like January 2001 or something like that. And, and our elections here in the United States, our presidential elections at least, take place in November. So, you know, again, long time. Uh, but obviously 2020 happened. It's like, you know, what that 2000 election wasn't that big of an embarrassment in hindsight. Like, wasn't that bad in hindsight. But. What the hell? What? Just got an alert. Bryce Harper to play first base. What the hell is this nonsense? To play first base. When? As he recovers from, I guess, when he gets back. But who? So who's going to DH for the Phillies? Well, Castellanos or Schwarber, a platoon. Okay. You definitely don't this? want him in the field. I would assume you don't want him in the field. I figured Bryce Harper right. would be the DH. <laughs> right. But I, I mean, I, I just base. hope he's not first base the rest of his career. He's better outfielder than Schwarber and Castellanos. So I just got that. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I see. I'm not sure. I, I guess there's a way I'm to try sure to get like them that. all on the field at the same time. But whatever. Uh, back to this match, though. Big Show, he comes out, as we mentioned earlier, and the red, as red and yellow Hulk Hogan, complete with Real American as a theme song and a ball <laughs> cap <laughs> and a fake cul-de-sac in the back. I mean, at first, I, I thought it was Hogan. So, yeah, <laughs> he really did a good job. Hey, Cat real American. When's the last time he we heard real American? Like he even in WCW wasn't using real American. That? I thought the Stooges used that. They did. I don't remember. They might have. I do not recall. Maybe it happened after this. I don't know. I don't recall. But it, it had been a while at least. It wasn't like a regular thing to hear real American. Yeah. But the fans popped. Oh yeah. <laughs> the fans popped because it's Hogan's theme song, and here comes the Big Show or the Showster. As the shirt said, <laughs> Jerry Lawler goes, he does Hulk Hogan better than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, th- I wrote down maybe Hogan, I thought Hogan was maybe punching air when he saw this. But like you said, they are good friends. And Hogan couldn't have possibly been that defended because he came back. <laughs> he took the money. So Big Show then cuts a promo like Hulk Hogan. It was a pretty good promo, too. It was a pretty good impersonation. Uh, and then Angle attacks Big Show. I almost had been he attacked Hogan, but he attacks Big Show uh, right away. And Big Show immediately hulks up. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first punch of the match, he's hulking up. <laughs> that usually happens later on, but the showster, he hulks up right away. <laughs> big Show then hits a big boot and a leg drop. And I Kurt Angle. That was it, by the way. I was no. just like, oh my God, he's going to pin him. If you're going to clown Hogan, you got to clown him all the way. And that's by having Kurt Angle immediately kick out of the leg drop. <clears throat> I don't think they got a two count. It was like one, boom, kicks right out. And it was like, nobody kicks out of that usually. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was clowning Hogan on this night. He deserves it. Who cares? I don't care if he wasn't offended or was. He deserves it. <laughs> don't give a damn. I enjoyed it. Uh, Big Show wins the match quickly, mind you, with a choke slam. And my notes here was like, the hell? <laughs> like, why? And I remember watching this match back in the day and being like, why did they, even back then, like, damn, Kurt Hamm got his ass whooped. Is he, like, trash now? And is yeah, Big Show going to, like, him? win the title? <laughs> like, what's Big Show going to win the title? And it's like, no, if anything, it's going to be Kurt Angle that wins the title. And Big Show's going to, like, OVW. <laughs> like, Which is crazy. Just 
a month prior going into WrestleMania, Kurt Angle was an intercontinental and European champion. He right. loses both at WrestleMania and then gets squashed by the big show. Like, don't understand. What's going on here? And then he would be in the, he'd win the title like in 2000, right? I'm pretty he sure won he won it in October. Yes. Yeah, so. at, at No Mercy. And it, it, clearly it didn't hurt him because he's still, I guess, when you're that good on the mic, you don't. I don't want to say need the wins, but like in this part, he's not even been there for a year. Like he was able to withstand that. I think he just was. because he was able to use his mic work to his advantage. I guess, man, he was involved. In I mean, big he was great in the ring too. That helped, obviously. obviously. But and he started getting involved with the main events by the summer, despite getting choke slammed in <laughs> two minutes by Big Show. Yep. Like I. This was this would go to lend to the argument of like oh wins and losses don't matter they do matter that's just silly mm-hmm. <laughs> like people know what wins that's the easy way for people to know who's good and who's not people understand the concept right. of wins and losses you can't yeah. say that they don't matter so I don't know how in the hell Kurt Angle overcame this I guess his credibility always kept him alive like you said his mm-hmm. personality he's always very credible because he's an Olympic champion he was always really good in the ring obviously too but also like you said his personality. That's not easily, you know. That's not easy to replicate. I would still would not recommend booking someone like Kurt Angle or anybody nah, that you think nah, is going to be a champion this way. <laughs> right, like because not everyone can do what Kurt Angle did, but right, bounce back. <laughs> and we talked about this not too long ago with the 2000 World Rumble. And it's like they had Taz beat him and choked him out, made him un- put him unconscious, put him to sleep. Kurt Angle needed an yeah. oxygen mask, bro. <laughs> like, he. <laughs> Firmly dominated Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble, and it's like what they had plans for Kurt, right? They gave him two titles not long after that. No, it's like what is y'all doing? It's weird because like he only held them for what a month or two. Yeah, not that long. But it's like, what are y'all like? It's one thing for him to lose, another thing for him to get his ass whipped like that. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't recommend it, but. Kurt Angle survived somehow. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's one of the best of all time. But on this night, he got beat by the showster. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and we move on. Another one who survived is Jeff Hardy, who is back in AEW. Well, how about that? Yeah. Jeff Hardy. It's been, man, it's been a long time since he's been on TV. Yeah. My he had a high surgery gracious. recently, so... Guess he was recovered from that, and guess he's been cleared because he just saved Matt Hardy and uh, Hook and uh, what's the other guy? I guess Private Party, right? Yeah, maybe. Nah. Okay, I guess nah, I stuff know. just be happening in AEW, man. <laughs> don't even make no sense. <laughs> stuff just be happening sometimes. We just watch it. He's emotional on. out there. Uh, but back to Backlash in two thousand. After we get a video package for the next match, which is the Dudley Boys versus versus TNA, uh, we get to look at <laughs> Billy Corrigan sitting in the crowd. How about that? Who knew that one day he'd own the National Wrestling Alliance and give the title to Tyrus? <laughs> I think EC3 has it now, right? That's I'm pretty I sure. I don't even know. <clears throat> I, I love that show power just based off the studio audience type presentation, but I haven't watched it in forever, so I don't even... I knew Tyrus had the belt, but... I thought EC3 won. EC3 beat him. must have been recent. 
I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Because he showed um, up on Fox with that belt, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. I thought EC3 won that. To WWE for a one-off. WWE brings back tires. I, oh, he's uh, EC3 is a national champion. I thought. I know I saw him oh. win a title. He's not the world champion. Tyrus is still the NWA world champion. So, again, Billy Corgan. Who knew that he would own the National Wrestling Alliance <laughs> and would give that title to Tyrus? <clears throat> Who knew? But our next match is another tag team match, player. Just a tag team match. It is the Dudley Boys versus TNA, Tess and Albert, who are led by Trish Stratus, who is really the central figure in this story. Yeah. Which is actually <clears throat> not a terrible story. I kind of dug it. The story was weird, bro. It was weird, but not the terrible. The story was weird. We, we've seen more worse. We, I guess we've seen worse. Like, but... the, like what, Bubba had a fetish for... <laughs> what fetish? Put, putting women through tables, right? That's a weird. That's an obs- <laughs> That's a weird fetish and obsession to have. Because I mean, that's for... what the story is about. It's Bubba's obsession yeah. with mainly Trish. But like you said, putting women specifically through tables, power bombing them, including May, Yo- including May Young, right? <laughs> yeah. I almost said Fabulous Moolah, but it was May Young who went to the table. She was like 70 at the time. <laughs> getting power bombed through tables. And then because she was also somehow pregnant at 70 some odd years old a modern day miracle she almost lost a baby and gave birth to a hand so yeah (laughs) (laughs) not everything hit in WWF in 2000 not everything and the hand did not appear in in Smackdown know your role (laughs) okay just so just for the record um <laughs> but this story was big weird, like I said. And all the announcers like, "Oh, would Trish get wood?" And it's like, "We get it, we get it." Her, we got uh, it. She would always do the table tips and uh, always have innuendos and whatnot. It was funny. I didn't like it. It didn't 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 really resonate with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. I mean. I think that was it by that point, right? After this uh, story was over. Yeah. Kind of like, there was, went. what more do you need <laughs> from this? <laughs> what? So, Trish Stratus cuts a promo with Michael Cole. She talks about how much he likes the fact that Bubba Ray is an expressive man. He's not afraid to express himself. Meanwhile, Bubba Ray is somewhere else watching this in the tube TV, by the way, which is like <laughs> always funny to see in hindsight, like his big ass TV and not a flat screen. Right. Uh, like how many cables needed to hook that DMTV <laughs> up and get the the red, white, and the yellow cords out and stuff like that? Man, what a time! But uh, he's off watching this promo on this big tube TV and being big weird, staring at the TV. And Devon's like, "Hey, man, get your head in the game." He's reaching out to the TV. It's like, what is what? That's not oh. normal, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, he was enamored with Trish. That's weird. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what. Who am I rooting for was. here? It's another one. It's like who? Who's the baby face? Well, clearly the Dudleys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Like we I knew said, Tris was just messing with Bubba, so we we didn't like it back then. We but like, Bubba has an oh. infatuation with domestic violence. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. 
Well, I don't think it was women that he was romantically involved with. (laughs) All right, fair enough. (laughs) But he wanted to be, or think? I don't know what the hell he wanted. I mean, you could be right, yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's what I think the viewer thought. I mean, that's what me watching in 2000 was like, oh, he clearly wants Trish, okay. I didn't know if he would just wanted her to put her through a table or if he was romantically uh, in love with her. I don't know. Who knows, man? This is weird. It's a weird character wrinkle for Bubba to have. That did not last throughout his career, uh, fortunately. Uh, Fortunately, (laughs) but the crowd loved it, I think. They did, and I don't understand why. (laughs) What was the WWE crowd in 2000? What was wrong with us in 2000? A lot. I mean, we were... Like you, you were what eleven? I was in high school. Like, this attitude era, we're, we're we're not exactly doing what we see on TV, like in real life. You know, like I'm not going around pile driving people, stunning people, like other people may have. I'm not going around telling teachers to suck it. Like I'm not doing any of that in real life. So when I watch this, this is a more exciting product and entertaining product that I watched growing up in the early nineties because all my classmates like it, you know, they're talking about it. So like, I feel like I'm part of something. So I'm just like, Oh, this is like the best time of wrestling. I mean, obviously it's not in the, you know, in in my opinion, I have, uh, I'd rather watch, you know, early nineties stuff. Now I'd rather watch ruthless aggression era stuff now that I think holds up pretty well. Okay, but like attitude era stuff, uh, I I the only time I really watch these type of shows are for our podcasts. Like I don't I don't go back and want to watch like a two a show in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand or anything like that. I can understand skipping ninety nine, but <laughs> two thousand was still pretty good. I it mean, was it was and this you know, story like, notwithstanding. Like we, we're here for Triple H and The Rock, right? So yes. this is like a story that's. We probably don't care about it either way, but it's entertaining enough to keep us hooked until Triple H of the Rock comes on. At least that's how I looked at it. Really, a lot of the stuff I cared about back then was just the main event and like who was champion and stuff. You know, like Intercontinental title, tag team titles, I didn't really care that much about. Uh, European title, hardcore title, didn't really care. But Intercontinental and world title, I was like always like really in, like emotionally invested. So, I mean, as you should. Those are the top two titles. So yeah. So that makes like sense. this particular storyline, you know, like to me, no title involved. So I don't really care. But it's kind of funny because Bubba wants to has this fetish for putting, you know. And you know, listen, I'm in high school. You know, like I don't, I don't know any better. So I don't remember having, even as a kid, like having a side picked in this endeavor. I just didn't know what to make of I mean, this. I mean, it was I mean, confusing. I like, yeah, I never really picked sides, but I was just like. Hey, if that happens, it's cool. If it doesn't, okay. Like, I wasn't mad. Like, if Bubba never did it to never put Trish through a table, I wouldn't have been like, oh, this is terrible. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Some people might have felt that way. I'm sure Some they did. Some people were probably firmly on the side of Bubba Ray Dudley. They were sure. probably incels, too. But sure. this is, you know, just saying, they were probably on, on his side. Uh, but the match happens. People are talking trash throughout. Uh, Trish eventually gets up on the apron. She takes a jacket off and reveals her nice outfit. Uh, Bubba <laughs> is distracted by this because, you know, obviously nice Trish outfit. is a baddie. Uh, by the way, Trish uh, turned heel recently on Becky yeah. Lynch. 
So she might have a match at this year's Backlash. Who knows? How about that? How about that? Uh, but uh, Bubba Ray, he goes into this trance or whatever. Uh, somewhat understandable because of this Trish. But uh, then he gets beat <laughs> uh, by, I think, Tess hit him with a big boot, beats him, and the Dudley boys lose. Uh, however, Dudley boys quickly just beat up TNA after the match and then get a hold of Trish. And then, then set up a table and have Bubba finally powerbomb Trish through the table. Uh, well, not not before Trish tried to kiss, bu- kiss Bubba, but mm-hmm. Bubba was unfazed this time and put her through the table. And the, fi- and the fans went wild for this. Like I said, I don't understand. Even as a kid, I don't remember like picking sides. I just remember, remember like... This is this is the thing that's happening, and I guess I'm, I'm supposed to cheer for Bubba because fans loved it. Yeah. And then he smiled real big, and because he <laughs> finally got what he wanted, and it's like I'm like I wrote down like, should we feel good for this depraved man? <laughs> like, clearly something's wrong with him. Look at that smile on his face. I don't know if Vince knew neither. Like I don't know if he even knew. But the people cheered, so I guess who cares? I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Medical yeah. personnel that come out and get Trish because you know she's just put through a table. Uh, and Bubba yells, I got you, you little B. You know, we're a family show, we're not gonna say the whole thing, but wild sentence though. <laughs> like, why is he saying that? <laughs> it's like, relax, dude, take it easy, go put on some aggression. All right, relax. That's the reason why he's in this mood right now. <laughs> that damn CD because they didn't get they didn't get a song, did they? I don't, I don't think, think so. Get a song. I don't think so. Maybe because they saw Bubba, it was like I ain't doing no song for him. <laughs> He's weird. I don't have with him. He got a Confederate flag uh, uh, bandana. Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't even from the South. He's from New York. His, uh, overalls and ECW. Then he have like a Confederate flag on them. Yeah, they were like supposed to be like a Southern folks. Yeah. But they're from both Dudleyville. from yeah Dudleyville. Nobody nobody where knows where, exactly where that is. Uh, but two New Yorkers being from the South, obviously. Uh, as Trish is being wheeled out of the arena, though, we see a low rider pulling in. Oh! And in that low rider is Eddie Guerrero and China, who are ah. coming straight from Eddie Guerrero's prom. And you're like, he was a grown man. Why did he go to a prom? Well, because he was apparently at this point getting his GED, which is obviously super racist. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this Latino gentleman who's on television, he's getting his GED. He couldn't get his associates. He couldn't get his bachelor's. He No, he never even graduated high school, y'all. Because he's Latino. He, he didn't go to high school. Didn't need it. Didn't even need it. He's Latino. He. And he's Latino, so that means he didn't finish school. <laughs> like, what? I don't know if that's even remotely true about Eddie Guerrero. Like, maybe that was kind of true and they brought it to real life. Don't know that. Either way, they could have made it something else. He could have been going to community college. Yeah, that's a better. that's a totally normal thing for adults to do. <laughs> like, Not to say that it's not to get your GED. It's never too late to do that. I just feel like if that's not true about Eddie Guerrero, if Eddie Guerrero actually graduated from high school, we probably shouldn't be doing the story about it. Why did he do that? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> this you know is after uh, he, a few months uh, after he dislocated his elbow. Remember that? I do remember that. And they that. just throw him right into this story. So, Right. I mean, they're, they're already doing different things with the radicals. You know, Chris Benoit is already intercontinental champion. 
Dean Malenko is light heavyweight champion. Perry Saturn's in the hardcore division. And Eddie Guerrero is uh, European champion. Here. <laughs> like That's I right, said, he was the European champion, yeah. And we talked about this when during the 2000 Royal Rumble. Like, you know, Taz looked like he's going to be the guy. Then the Radicals come in. Like, they got all the titles. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, Taz didn't even get the hardcore title. And there's Perry Saturn stopping him from getting the hardcore title. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they had, they had the juice right now at this point. But, yeah, they had Eddie stuttering, stuttering for his it's just I just, I don't know, man. It just felt weird. Um, but because he went to his GED prom, which I do not know if that's a real thing, uh, that, you know, they go to a prom on a Sunday, mind you, Sunday afternoon in April. Don't know if these are real. Um, in the city they're in for backlash. That too. He went to get his GED in Washington, D.C. He went, He's from Texas. Maybe he's taking <laughs> online courses. He's <laughs> taking online courses in 2000? Yeah, maybe. Get out of town. <laughs> get out of town. Especially for a GED course, there's no way there's having that online in 2000. There's no way. I don't even know if you can do that today. <laughs> like I said, it's never too late to get your get your degrees, GEDs, whatever the case may be. I just again, if they had if Eddie Guerrero legitimately graduated from high school and they made his character had to get his GED, that feels a little tinge racist to me. I'm just sorry. It doesn't feel necessary. Uh but because Eddie Guerrero went to his GED prom. He's now late for his match, which is for the European Championship. He's defending his European Championship against S.A. Rios. However, he pulls in. The ref goes, hey, man, if you don't go out there right now, you're going to forfeit the title, which doesn't even make sense. You can't even lose the title by getting disqualified. But if I just show up late, I got to forfeit the title? That's crazy. <laughs> so funny. I thought it was – this is, like, entertaining. It is pretty because, entertaining. Because, like – yeah, if you show up late, like you shouldn't. What are you gonna do? Push back your title defense? Like, no, you're slotted right now. If you, if you don't defend it, that's it. You're not champ. That's why. At least, at least if you get disqualified, you actually competed. You know. That's fair. That's fair. That's I remember, at least the logic I tried to use. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this as a kid and being like, "This is wild," because you just I just didn't see. <laughs> this is your first pay per view, right? Right. Yeah, so I'm like, "This should be a commercial watch. right now." <laughs> Instead, we're seeing a lowrider pull in, and Eddie just like in real time is late, and it's like, wow, they gotta adjust, and he gotta pull into the arena right now in his tux, because <laughs> that's what he does, folks. He pulls in the low, he just says, you know what, we're gonna solve this problem, we're gonna go right now, and he pulls a lowrider in <laughs> to the arena, which I don't know if this is the first time that's happened. That this is the first time he pulled in with the uh, lowrider, but this might be it. Maybe. Because I don't recall him getting a lowrider before this. For what? I mean, he's always at the shows on time. He didn't have his <laughs> GED proms before this. And he's only on TV for three months in WWF. So, to this point. So, probably safe to say the first time Eddie Guerrero uh, pulled up with a lowrider for a match. And he did it numerous times in years after this. And he's known for that. That's like... I, that's like if you talk about Eddie Guerrero, you talk about his interest with the Lowriders. Even this year, Rey Mysterio did the Lowrider, uh, yeah. I think, in tribute to Eddie Guerrero uh, for his match. So, you know, this is super dope that it happened for the first time here. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie Guerrero pulls up to the ring, he hops out and goes to his trunk to get ready for the match. <laughs> and he's taking off the shirt, and China's helping him. She's got this red dress on. Uh, they was, she's looking good for the prom. That's a good look for the prom. 
on China right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the video package where we see China, who's <laughs> out of nowhere, is just smitten with Eddie Guerrero. And she just can't resist his Latino heat all of a sudden. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah. All of a sudden, she's just like, I, I love you, Eddie. And it's like, <laughs> And he's like, okay, let's, let's rock out then. <laughs> like, I love you back. <laughs> All right. Right. Cool. <laughs> so it's funny. You just tried a, a Latino accent, and it's the whole match, Jerry Lawler is trying to do his. Yeah. And JR's like, can you please stop doing that? Like, like can you just stop? It's not working for you, bro. <laughs> like, but yes, it is time now for the WWF European Championship. We got Eddie Guerrero alongside China defending the title against S.A. Rios, who's alongside Lita, pre-Hardy Boys Lita, mm. with S.A. Rios. Uh, Eddie and S.A. Rios were doing a lot in this match. This match was low-key yeah. kind of dope. It really was. Uh, like, not something you usually we're, saw. We're used to, you know, just maybe in the light heavyweight division, but... That's like when Taco was champion, Taka Mishidoku, but we didn't really see this type of wrestling that much, I don't think, in WWF until the Radicals came in, really. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I this could match... be wrong, but like, I don't remember seeing matches like this. Like, S.A. Rios, like, I don't even remember he was on here. I don't even remember he was as prominent as he was. <laughs> and, I don't, yeah. and I totally forgot, like, I was an S.A. Rios mark back then. Like, I liked the guy. Like I told you, I just never got like a great push. I used to rock all the time, and I would use SA Rios. I don't know why. Uh, I just used SA <laughs> Rios in the, in the SmackDown game. I don't know why. He was cool. And he's in No Mercy, so I might have to use him next time I play. Yeah, it was it was fun to use SA Rios and dominate the light heavyweight division. <laughs> Beat up all Scotty too high to get out of here. <laughs> get these hands, Demolinko. Come get these hands with SA Rios, baby. I was like. Light heavyweight champion for like 10 years. <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> oh, the Bruno San Martino of the light heavyweight division. Where S.A. Rios out here. But in real life, this was a banger. Like we said, they were doing a lot of stuff. They did what S.A. Rios did that springboard moonsault and they landed on the announce table. And JR was like, oh my God, that was close. <laughs> Thought he was going to get kicked in the that face was, somehow. That was a crazy spot. Because I was like, oh, he's got not a lot of room there. Oh, he's going to fall on the table. Okay. <laughs> I was just like in slow motion I was just like really he's gonna do this moonsault to the outside like the table's right there oh he he landed basically right on the table good thing Eddie yeah. didn't get seriously hurt yeah could've been bad a, but yeah. somehow all this high flying does Eddie Guerrero win with a frog splash no <laughs> he wins with a airplane spin into a neck breaker how about that <laughs> how about like, that what, what? <laughs> What's going on here? He, I Wasn't guess because his elbow that. was still hurt, maybe. That's fair, and I guess doing the frog splash, he's he's going to yeah. land on his elbow, so that's going to hurt. <laughs> so he had to come up with a move. I guess that did not affect his dislocated elbow that he wore a brace for, mm-hmm. and the airplane spin into a neck breaker. That's what it was. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it was just odd to like it was out of nowhere. Like, oh, he won with yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, right after the match, though, Esther Rios knocks China into Eddie Guerrero. Mm. While China's on the ground, in the ring, on the mat, I should say, oh. Lita runs up and strips <laughs> China down to her brawn panties. Unbelievable. In front of, I don't know, thousands of people. I usually that's look why at the Trish, attendance. That's why Trish attacked her backstage this past week. 
Getting revenge for China? Yeah. I mean, revenge it wasn't on camera. China. We don't know who attacked Lita, but now we know it's prob- probably with Strish. It was just, It's probably because it of this. Yeah, because of this. Yes. China, though, pretends to be a little mad. She, she, she's a little upset. <laughs> yeah, like, but she looked she looked damn good. And the Eddie Guerrero's like, you look good. And everybody's like, you look good, China. And she's like, all right, I ain't mad no more. Because <laughs> like, I look good. <laughs> this is like right before uh, her Playboy spread, I believe. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're already kind of turning China into this more of a sex symbol than she was the previous, you know, three years <laughs> that she was there. And yeah. This uh, this was all right. <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> this was all right. Yeah, Eddie liked it. The fans liked it. I thought, I thought Eddie and China had great chemistry as a couple. I did too. I don't know what they just had like a real like vibe together. Like, they like, real comedic timing, good comedic timing. That, yeah, and. China like took the European title belt and kind of rubbed it on herself a little bit and then gave it to Eddie and Eddie smelled it like that. It's <laughs> <Yeah, is> hilarious. <laughs> like, and China looked like she was genuinely having fun with right, working with him. Like, right. Like, and who they could have made like, for like a good sitcom couple. Like it was yeah. they were they were fun together. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact timeline, but this had to be around the time Triple H was really kind of I don't know I don't know if he was cheating on her at this point with Steph, but like that was manifesting itself. So I don't know what China was dealing with, you know, behind the scenes at this time, but you know, in front of the camera, she definitely looked like she was in, you know, enjoying the story with Eddie. Yeah, I, I thought so. It looked like she was having a blast working with I mean, how could you not look at how silly Eddie Guerrero was? <laughs> like, he would just do silly things. It's just like the faces, face expressions like, he would make. When, like when she's trying to pick up her clothes or pick up the belt, and he's trying to like cop a feel, and she's slapping his hand away, little stupid yeah. stuff like that, and she keeps slapping it away. Like, <laughs> get out of here! You don't get out of here. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. Like it just looked like she had a really good time working with him. Like get they, had, like I said, they had really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, they had obviously they, that, their angle ran the course or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, I think they. I think I just think they, like they had a lot of fun together. That's all that was. I, like I, I believed them as an item. Where some people they put them together and it's like I don't, I don't know, man. Right. I don't know if they would actually work together in real life. Like Vicky Guerrero and Edge. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't really buy that one. <laughs> you know. Uh, speaking of Vicky Guerrero, did you see the latest news about her and I her family s- drama? Saw. The original posts, and then Vicky's response, and then I believe the sister's response. Yeah, that's yeah, the last yeah. one I I saw. Was there anything who, after that? Who knew Vicky Guerrero was a bigger heel in, in real life than she <laughs> yeah. was in wrestling? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. She thought that was gonna like solve things and make people get on her side. And it's like, no, man, you stepped right on that landmine because you goofy. What's wrong with you? And, and the fact that like. She apparently deleted the the post and then reposted it. <laughs> like it's like, oh man, you, you doubled down on it. I'm yeah, it's so like, nice. I'm gonna post maybe it you twice. deleted it and then she was like, no, or she saw a typo. She just, maybe she, right. She just fixed a typo <laughs> in it, but she stood by what she said. Like, yeah. Just, how are you gonna? I spelled victim blame Ooh. wrong. Yeah. 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 That, That's what I got to correct you, my spelling. You just know, and you know, I've dealt with it. 
uh, with my family. If, if you know someone that's gone through that, like you can't just expect them to wake up and be okay. You know, like, like hey, well, we tried to do this and that and that. And it's like, it's not that easy, man. <laughs> like it's trauma that they have to deal with. You know, it's not just something you can wake up with and be gone or uh, maybe do one thing and, and be gone. Like, no, it's a whole process. And it seems like they don't understand. So. Yeah. Wild stuff. It's crazy. So, apparently she's no longer with AEW as well. I bet her, she's not. Her contract apparently expired before or around, you know, when this was happening. I mean, that could be. It, it expired the moment she sent that post. <laughs> <laughs> the moment she hit send, it's like, oh, conveniently, your contract has expired. 12.01 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that post was put up. But mm. back to Eddie Guerrero. Again, I bought him in China as an item on television, and that's what made it so entertaining. Was he even so, being like referred it. to as Latino Heat by this point? Oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they they, they it was in his theme song. Uh, uh, man, okay, because I, I didn't write it in my notes, so I figured, you know, I, no, would, had, note, I would note that if it was, and I, I just didn't note that, so I forgot if I actually He had the Latino Heat. That was his first, I'm pretty sure that was his first song in WWF, right? <laughs> I, maybe maybe it was a radical theme for a little bit, but by this point, he on, at this match he had a Latino Heat theme song, which was a banger. Like this song and his next song, like the one he, when he won the title, great theme songs. But this yeah. one was dope too. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, but moving on, we're now backstage with Jonathan Coachman. He is now interviewing Triple H, who's got Stephanie McMahon by his side. And he's like, I'm the gamer, and, I, and I'm that damn good. Uh. And he said it like six times. And he's like, I'm going to prove again that I am that damn good. Uh. Like, okay. Well, thanks for coming, Triple H. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Coach turns around to interview Vince McMahon. And Vince is like, <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> Vince is sources. I mean, the people you paid. <laughs> like, we talk about your sources. His sources said, though, that Austin may have some transportation issues <laughs> and may not make it to the show at all tonight. His sources. <laughs> uh. He'll conveniently have some flat tires tonight, so he won't be able to make it, y'all. Sorry. Uh, and now we go to Michael Coles interviewing Chris Benoit, as Chris Jericho would call him, uh, who is at this point the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, I... Almost forgot about how much Jericho would clown Benoit on a weekly basis <laughs> by calling him Chris Benoit, uh, calling him Mr. Roboto, or uh, Dr. Roboto, either one, I don't care. It was great. It was hilarious. Uh, messed up his name all the time. And he, I like when he called Kurt Angle Kurt Angel. That was a great <laughs> name. Uh, and he, remember that promo he did with Benoit? And he's like, I would not mess with Benoit on the boat. I would not go on the boat or something like that. <laughs> and he had, yeah, like pictures. Right, his ugly face on the pictures. <laughs> Entertaining stuff from Chris Jericho. Uh, but now it's time for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. It is Chris Benoit defending against Chris Jericho. And this match was just two Canadian guys beating the daylights out of each other <laughs> for the whole match. Uh, the chops in this one were loud. They mm. echoed throughout the arena. Uh, I guess because they knew each other, they just said, "You know what? Let's just let's just beat each other up. Yeah. Let's see see what we get to at the at the end of the match." 
I don't that's know what how happened. often they fought WCW, but you know we're here in WWF now. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's just make it look as real as possible now, <laughs> and that's what they did. Uh, at one point, though, Jericho knocks down referee Tim White. Mm. Uh, Benoit immediately goes outside of the ring, gets the IC title, and hits Jericho with the title while the ref was down. The ref didn't see it, uh, but he does see that Benoit has covered Chris Jericho, and he begins counting to three because you know how, you know how referees are. When in doubt, they will count to three, no matter what the circumstances are. They could be shot in both legs, but if their arms work, they are counting to three, all right? It is their duty in life. It's like they take a like a, like a blood oath to yeah. count to three regardless. You can you be disemboweled. It's like, I, got, I still got my arms work. I got to count. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> got to count. So he counts very slowly. Even though he's concussed, still counts. <laughs> Jericho kicks out. Benoit then superplex Jericho on top of the belt and then goes to the top rope to do the headbutt from the top rope. But Jericho holds up the title and Benoit's face goes flying right into it. And now he's awake. And he sees this happen. He sees Jericho grab the belt, put it up in, Jericho, in Benoit's face, and disqualifies Jericho. And the fans on, were pissed. Dude the hell Tim fans were pissed seriously I was pissed too at this night I was a big Jericho <laughs> fan back in the day so like it's like what wait a second but Benoit brought the belt into the ring <laughs> what's up with this 11 year old me it's it Benoit's fault <laughs> come on ref rest in peace Tim White but come on ref how could you? How could you see? It? You ain't see that. Yo, you, you saw it when Benoit. You didn't see what Benoit did it, but you saw it when Jericho did it. How convenient. Home cooking. It's like Benoit's not even from DC. Home cooking. Tim White must have been betting on DraftKings <laughs> back in 2000. Tim Donaghy, not Tim White. Tim Donaghy. <laughs> right. Jericho, he was upset as I was. I would have the same thing. He puts Tim White in the walls of Jericho right then on the spot. Oh, yeah. How could you do that to me? Jericho says. Yeah. He like snapped a, out. The classic walls of Jericho. The one that looked like it hurt a lot. <laughs> right. He did that to the ref. Eesh. The refs had to pry Jericho off of Tim White. It was bad. That was me as 11 years. I was mad too. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the right call, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. Jericho uh, did use it as yeah. a weapon. He got caught. Busted Jer- uh, Benoit's nose, I believe. So. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So Not, not you know, bad. Not, not a bad match. A, uh, you know, it, it just serves the, you know, if you do a finish like this, you better end the show uh, the right way. And, and they did, <laughs> so... They did. I'm not saying that Triple H beating The Rock, you know, would have been okay just if Jericho won this match. But, you know, if you do something like this, uh, you better have a a good feeling in store at the end. That's all. Well, that is the case, though. We get a video package now for the next match. It is the main event. WWF Championship. It is Triple H defending against The Rock. The video package. Amazing. Get you hyped up. If you watch this match, you got to watch not just, you got to watch the whole thing. You got to watch the video package, the entrances, the match, the post match. It's all one big presentation. You got to watch together. 
Because even the entrances, they tell stories and, and tell the story in the entrances. But before we get to the entrances, we got to get to Michael Cole, who's interviewing The Rock backstage. Did you cut this audio from this promo? I did not. This is a goddamn promo here, man. It's all right. No, this was great. He was serious. The Rock was spitting in this promo. He didn't a, miss a beat. It was a serious promo, so I didn't need to clip it. He said, this is the promise of the promise of the promise to the people. And then stopped. <laughs> and this pause. <laughs> didn't skip a beat. This might be his best promo. I don't care what nobody really? say. This best might be one. it. I'm telling you. Watch it, watch it again. <laughs> he did not skip a beat. My wife asked me, what does that even mean? What do you, what do you mean? What does that mean? It's a promise of the promise to the promise. Look, don't worry about all that, all right? He's spitting, all right? This is The Rock talking here. We don't question The Rock. Right? Can you believe That's that? <laughs> Just question The Rock. What's going on here? This is 2000 Rock, too. Isn't this prime, baby? Come on, now. <laughs> We're way too deep into this. I forgot how many promises he made in that promo. He might, I might have lost track. But... The Rock was spitting that promo. Then at one point, Lawler makes uh, a reference to Janet Reno and oh. said, maybe we should get some troopers to yank Austin out of wherever he was. And I'm like, damn, that was that's odd timing that I heard that because I just watched a documentary about Waco, Texas and David mm. Koresh because I'm pretty sure that's what he was referencing when he said that. This is when the government just went to the Davidian Church in Waco, yeah. Texas and knocked down the whole building. Yeah. Some people, somebody set it on fire too, but yeah, yep. uh, unfortunately, a lot of people died in that, including a lot of children, yeah. like something like ninety people. Mm. Just watching Netflix documentary on this, I knew obviously, you know, I watched not that. A, I think uh, is there a new one or was that the one that was on there? I'm pretty sure it's new, but oh, okay. Um, I watched again, one last it, year, I believe, on there. So. Yeah, but it's not like this is like new news necessarily, you know, but. Right, well, the, having just watched this thing recently, it just like kind of yeah, rung a yeah, bell yeah. with me immediately. Yeah, I, I remember growing up and hearing about it, but I didn't know like you know what was going on. I just knew that there was a fire in Waco. That's the only thing I remember growing up, like the Oklahoma City bombing. It's like there was a yeah. bombing in Oklahoma City, and I saw that the pictures of the building. Like growing up, you know, and, and reading more into it, you know, you, you kind of like, oh, jeez, but yeah. like. Yeah, so Waco, the only thing I knew was like, oh, there was a fire. You know, whenever I hear Waco, I just think fire. I didn't yeah, think about well, like David Koresh. It was or a long like standoff, 51 yeah. days, I think yeah. they said. They said. Uh, so look into it if you're unfamiliar. We don't, you know, I don't want to belabor that point, but it's just, I think that's what he was referencing when he mentioned that. Because, uh, you know, that's pretty much what happened. The government just said, you know what, we've had enough of this negotiations. Knock the building down, and that's what happened. Who set it on fire? Who knows? They most people think I think the government will say the Davidians set the building on fire, but who knows? Um, I think that some of the Davidians said the government did it, but either way, they knocked that building down, and a lot of people died in that tragedy in Waco, uh, and in OKC in Oklahoma City. So, Bulls won. How about that? Bulls won. Oh, yeah. play, playing games. Yeah. They're happening. The Raptors were up by like 20 at one point, like the third. <laughs> Man. Was they that a. It. What what seeds were they? I don't know. Uh, nine and ten. Nine, nine and ten. ten. So. so 
Toronto's right. out then. Yeah. Yikes. So I now the Bulls play somebody else for the eighth seed, right? Right. Yeah, That's they play the loser right. of the uh, other playing Seven, game. Eight. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> we now get Vince McMahon in the ring after Triple H's entrance. Triple H makes his entrance, you know, and does his thing, spits the water everywhere. <laughs> and Vince McMahon is with him. He's in the ring. He gets on the mic. And he was like, hey, y'all, look here. You know, he's redefined print on these programs. They all say card subject to change. Ah. <laughs> and unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond our control, <laughs> Steve Austin will not make it oh, tonight, no. which should have set off alarm bells to like, he'll be here. Don't worry. <laughs> but within storyline, he ain't here. Well, you, Vaughn, 11 year old sitting there watching, were you pissed? When he said that, nah, I knew he was coming. Even oh, okay. I knew it was like he's gonna show up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I was prepared for the worst. Don't get me wrong. If he did show up, I would have been real sad, and I was prepared <laughs> to be real sad. But like, I had a feeling like I feel like he gotta show up, right? He was on SmackDown. Like I'm looking at my watch, like he usually on time, right? Like it was a was a bad weather in DC today. Like I'm, yeah, I was I mean, genuinely you concerned. Mess with the travel, he can't get there. You know, it seems like a good enough excuse. Right, and I'm like, man, that sucks, you know. Maybe he really missed his flight or something. Like, <laughs> genuinely concerned as an 11 year old, but not like, but still, like in the back of my mind, I knew he was going to be there still. So, but the match begins as The Rock and Triple H. Mm. Shane McMahon is a special guest referee, and Jr. is on commentary, just going in yet again, <laughs> <laughs> just giving Vince and everybody else a good old tongue lashing. Called King a corporate ass kisser at one point. <laughs> he had had enough with the McMahon-Helmsley regime or faction, whatever they were called at this point. I forget. He was done with them. Right? My favorite part you know, of this early on, at least in this match, was Shane McMahon just doing little things to clearly show that he's on Triple H's side. Like, <laughs> when they're both down, he'll pat Triple H on the leg. Like, hey, come on, get up. Let's go. Let's get up. <laughs> and then he turns his back completely to The Rock, which opens the door for Vince to hit him in the head with the title belt. You know, and Triple H covers The Rock, but Shane counts real quick, and The Rock still kicks out. Little things like that. That was fun. DD, then The Rock hit a DDT at one point. Shane just crossed his arms and refused to count. Fans go nuts. He stands there and shakes his head. Nope, not doing it. Nope, <laughs> not doing it. The Rock responds by literally... Knocking this man smooth out of the ring. Like, one hit, one slap, pow, sent Shane McMahon's feet into the air and over the top rope. And no, in case you were wondering, he did not tear his quad on the way down <laughs> on that bump. Not on, well, not on this mean, night. What's he doing when he finally comes to, like... He doesn't ring the bell. Like, what's going on here? Right, that's why a disqualification. Did, why didn't this isn't a no disqualification match? So Shane could have easily disqualified. Him. Right, and and we're well within his right to do so, and it would have been a right to do it. And Triple H would have retained his title that way. When he You'd punched get what Shane, you wanted, eleven year old Vaughn. When he punched Shane, were you afraid Shane McMahon would DQ him? Oh, I don't recall. I think I was just happy that Shane got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy about that. I didn't think that deep yeah. into it when I was eleven. Cor- I was like, yeah, get him, Rock. <laughs> Get him out of here. Slap the hell out of him. So I was just happy that happened, I think. You know, less of a, uh, you know, critical thinker at 11 years old than I am today. Um, 
So yeah, I didn't think about it that deep. <laughs> but Shane does help uh, Triple H get the rock on top of an announce table at one point. He just said, forget it. I'm just going to help him now. Uh, I'm not going to pretend anymore. Uh, Triple H attempts a pedigree on the rock through the table, but the rock hit him with a low blow, which is another <laughs> instance where Shane could have disqualified. He was well within his right to do so, and it would have kept the title on his guy. He didn't. Instead, Shane said, you know what? I'm going to get on top of the table, and I'm going to tell Rock to his face to not do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to solve the problem. And he got up there and said, hey, Rock, I'm don't do it. <laughs> right. I'm the referee here. Don't do this. This is bad. And the Rock said, take this kick to the gut. <laughs> get in a little tighter here so I can rock bottom both of y'all through this announce table. <laughs> Come in a little closer so I can get this rock bottom off on you wild stuff vince's face after this was unreal <laughs> yeah, good. if there's one thing vince is good for is facial expressions he's got them all and this is a classic one here and then you got shane he took pretty much like 400 500 pounds fall on top of him yeah. that's that yeah. not a tremendous bump to be taken he might even now, cracked his head on the table uh next to him oh my god Maybe not, but I mean, they was damn close to it. <laughs> yeah, wild stuff here, especially by two thousand standards. But now there's no referee. All chaos is going to ensue now. Vince tries to attack the Rock. The Rock retaliate. He tries to retaliate at least, but he's thwarted by Triple H with another low blow. Mm. Triple H followed th- followed that up with a pedigree, but again, there's no referee, and that's what I'm like. Why wouldn't Vince just like count himself? Yeah. Like, isn't he an official? Right. Right. Why does he need an official? Like, why do they pretend like they need to count? They need someone to count to three. Like, you are the boss, Vince. You can just say you're fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's like the big gaping hole and like the whole authority mm. thing. You could just fire, but like, or just say you don't get the title match. <laughs> like, why would you put him in position to win? And then, like, hey, I need a ref to count. Like, Vince is just helpless with no referee. You run the joint. That, that's another <laughs> like, thing, by the way, with, like, Shane. You know, like, The Rock's out of the ring. Shane's not, like, counting him out or counting fast. You know, like, logical things that they could have done. There was just, like, too much of a gap in this match, which kind of – it doesn't bring it down for me because the ending is just so great. But it's, like, those things yeah. maybe they could have paid a little bit more attention to. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a QC, I guess, you know. Uh, Shane fast counting every single time, you know. Right, something. Um, Shane counting something fast like when the rock's outside the ring, that type of stuff. Just didn't right. happen. Instead, I think he fast counted what, once? <laughs> right. Like, Instead, what? we got Vincent here, like, just, like, blatantly cheating. Not even, like, trying <laughs> to pretend that he's not. And then waving down Pat Patterson and Joe <laughs> Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> to count running, for him hilariously running now like through the right. aisle like slow-mo it is so funny they're both in referee shirts so they got two <laughs> more referees we went from one to three referees in this match pretty quick <laughs> so just in case i guess one gets knocked out which is possible it's wrestling vince brought a backup see <laughs> he needed two refs uh they try to count the rock out but the rock kicks out again and then they begin beating on the rock and Vince grabs a chair and he hits the rock with it and it fell down. <laughs> and King goes, Oh, you put everything you had behind that one. 
Like a nice little cover there for Vince busting his ass in the ring on the chair shot. Uh, at this point, though, the fans, they know what's up. All right, they're yelling for Austin. They're like, we, we we know what's next here. 11-year-old Vaughn's chanting Austin in his living From room. From our living room, yep, yep. Vince, he implores the Stooges, I want you to count to three. <laughs> you got to count to three. And JR is like, yeah, look at him. He said, you got to count to three. He mocks Vince on the commentary. <laughs> but then the glass shatters. Ooh. And it's, I counted, I looked at the timestamp, it was two, two hours, 40 minutes, and 28 seconds into the show. <laughs> For the next, like, six minutes, people are cheering. They're on their feet cheering in this match. Because Steve Austin's music hits, people go crazy. He walks out, he's got a steel chair. You know what's about to happen here. He hits everyone and he sees with a steel chair. Triple H, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, Shane McMahon, and yes, Vince McMahon too. Not Stephanie though. That wouldn't, that's, that's, that wouldn't be nice. No. Well, you can't put it past him in 2000 though. Uh, but Steve Austin puts everybody down, even though he still couldn't do the stunner yet. That's why he's out there with the chair. Mm-hmm. As, Wal- as Austin is walking out, in comes Linda McMahon and Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner. C- calmly. He's got know, his... Couldn't be more calm <laughs> and stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Very calmly. Stoic, even. Yeah. Um, but Worst they walk out... ever, Earl Hebner. And Earl's got his referee shirt on. As JR said, oh, damn. <laughs> Earl's got his referee shirt on. And King is like, but he's fired. <laughs> what is he doing here? <laughs> How can he's, he be? Use context clues, King. <laughs> he's not. <anymore. laughs> right. He's walking next to Linda. She kind of runs the company, too. Um, she's kind of like the, the level-headed McMahon. Wink, wink, kind of, sort of, sort of. Not really in real life, but, right. <laughs> you know, on television, you know, the nice one. With the Michael Jackson music, you know, Linda McMahon. Um <laughs> Of course, Earl was fired by the McMahon-Helmsley regime faction. Uh, but he's going to be brought back by Linda. She wasn't part of the faction. She was just part of the family, but not a part of the faction. Whatever. She shoves down Stephen McMahon. It, big shove, by the way. The biggest shove ever. Yeah. You talk about a shove. This shove put Stephanie down for the rest of the night. Yes. <laughs> she was hurt. <laughs> we never saw her again. Right. Who knew Linda was that big of a shover? It's the shove, of, the, the shove that, of doom. That ambulance that took Trish came back to get Steph. Say <laughs> <laughs> like, what now? <laughs> shove? Oh, hell no. We got to pack this thing up. Hold on now. <laughs> oh, the Linda shove? Mm. Forget the finger poke of doom. It's the, the Linda shove of doom. <laughs> Stuff hit the ground and started crying, bro. The you know? LSD, the LSD went to shove him down. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Stephanie was on the ground bawling. Ooh, ooh, my mom just pushed me. It hurt really bad. Probably <laughs> broke a rib. <laughs> Maybe. It's the Linda shove of doom. The LSD. While that's happening, The Rock hits a people's elbow. Mm. And the fans are just going just insane they're incensed they're just it's in the it's at a fever pitch linda points earl into the ring he hops in <laughs> jr and king are losing their minds earl gets in the ring he counts to three one two three and the place explodes because the rock is now the new 
WWF champion. And one of my favorite wrestling memories of all time. My favorite wrestling memory. The call from JR was fantastic. And at the time, I remember, you know, the crowd going crazy. I went crazy. I remember throwing a, a water bottle I was drinking out of oh, no. across the room. I threw it across the Why room and pumped my fist. Yeah, I th- listen, I threw it across the room and pumped my fist like I was MJ when Rock won. I was like, yeah, and I was like, pumped and like, yeah, I was pumping my fist. I know that sounds maybe crazy, but like I didn't hit anything, fortunately, you know, like it was like when no, it was the pump, wall the and I was happy. doesn't sound crazy, but throwing the water bottle is like, damn. Well, it was in my hand. Maybe it slipped, but I remember oh, okay. a water bottle fa- flying out of my hand. <laughs> I don't remember that much. <laughs> I don't know if I threw it on purpose. I doubt I threw it on purpose. My mom would have whooped my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't just going to throw stuff in the house. <laughs> so I think it slipped. That's the last I was just... pay-per-view we're ever ordering. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, <laughs> we got more. So that would have been the last one. But yeah, 11-year-old Vaughn was fired up. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> I was fired up, bro. My guy just won the title, finally. Right? And we said this earlier. This should have happened at WrestleMania. This would have been the perfect ending to WrestleMania. Vanquishing the McMahon family. You know, and The Rock being on top and Babyface winning. And a lot of people feel like we should have had that this year with Cody. The Babyface wins. Ah, everybody's happy. And I understand why people feel that way. Trust me. I firmly believe that WrestleMania is the place where happy endings are supposed to happen. But I didn't order WrestleMania in 2000. (laughs) If it happened at WrestleMania, I wouldn't have saw it live. Mm. I wouldn't have seen it live. And you might not have uh, become as big a wrestling fan. Right. But because it happened at Backlash, (laughs) I now have my favorite wrestling memory of my childhood. So. So the lesson is save all good moments for Backlash. (laughs) Right. That's the lesson here. They could always make it up after messing it up at WrestleMania, guys. (laughs) I remember vividly 2000 where they messed it up real bad at WrestleMania. It was real bad. But they made up for it at Backlash. <laughs> JR's call was amazing. King was great. I mean, JR's call, not just for the finish, but even after the match. And he just yells, the game is over. <laughs> and it was <laughs> tremendous. The game is over. That's a great call. <laughs> King was even great. You know, like Everybody had, was great. You know, Triple H had been the champion for a majority of the time. Uh since right after SummerSlam, right? You know, he yeah. beat Mankind, and then uh, you know, he lost the big show one at Survivor Series, but Triple H won it like a month later. So he had been champion for pretty much... For a long time. A long time. Like in, in that era, August to April is a long time. And Maybe, he really... And it's kind of like interesting to think back about it. Like, yeah, it was kind of like... The game was over. You could you could say that because he finally lost the title, you know, and then The Rock was the one to beat him. Yeah, it felt like a dark cloud had been lifted from over the <laughs> WWF. At least that's how I felt for like eleven year old me. Because like you said, Triple H was a champion for so long, and he's such a piece of garbage on TV. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh my god! Now the, he got the McMahon family behind him, and they're like just doing that, whatever they want. Remember the they put the. They put their faces on the screen on Raw. That you just saw Triple H yeah. and Stephanie's face the whole time. <laughs> what is this? I mean, didn't he, even when he wasn't champion, I don't remember if this was before or after, but even 
there was a moment where he did the whole he crashed Tess and Steph's wedding and drugged Stephanie and married her. Like, if he wasn't champion then, then holy crap, like, that was the month that he wasn't champion and he did that? Like, what a, what a, what a Give creep. him the belt back, please. <laughs> so he can stay creep. busy. <laughs> you got big boss man stealing people's corpses, Triple H jugging people and marrying them, and then having kids together. They're still together. Good Lord. <laughs> Like, they don't talk about that, I don't think, enough on WWE television. I think it would be a bad look if they talked about on screen how they actually got married right. on screen. That's I was not think, in real life. Well, that's, yeah, that's why I keep thinking. They just talk about what happened in real life. They never mention the on screen right. thing. They don't mention the on screen thing. You don't want the, the one of the top executives in the company on screen being known to drug his wife to marry her. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. But... This match and this finish was good. It was yeah. not only good, it was tremendous. It was great. And the fans, I think, were just standing and cheering for like five minutes straight. Even after the match, it's still just cheering. And The Rock just stands there. He pops the eyebrow up. People start cheering again. And it's just like <laughs> another pop. You know what I'm saying? It's another notch. It goes up, like Emma Lagasse would say. Like It was just a magic moment for me as a kid. And, and then the glass shatters again. And here the comes Rock Steve looks kind of bewildered. So, right. do you, are, in your mind, are you thinking, "Uh oh, Austin's coming back to beat up the Rock," or Look, what are you thinking? I don't know. I have no idea. I wasn't predicting things like as much as I was, I think, today. <laughs> like back then, I was still just kind of riding the wave. You know what I'm saying? I was just riding the wave of euphoria that of the Rock winning. I didn't even have time to think about what Austin could do. It was just like, well, "What's about to happen?" Didn't know, mm. right? But there's no fight. Austin comes out. In a truck that's hauling the burnt out DX Express. <laughs> and then he gets into the ring and toasts to the WWF title. And him and The Rock toast to the title. They have a drink together and it sort of sets the stage for the main event of next year's WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. between these two. But for now, they're sort of on the same side. So, uh, but it's like one day I'm coming for that rock type of thing. And The Rock being like, okay. I'll be there when you I'll be here when you want it <laughs> type of thing. And that's Backlash 2000 from Washington DC. Again, my favorite wrestling moment as a kid. Some people have some main three or WrestleMania 6 or uh Monday Nitro you know, August 97. <laughs> there you go. Maybe Starcade for some people. 97. Maybe. I don't know. That's your thing. Maybe Goldberg winning the title. That was their thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but for me, it was The Rock beating Triple H at Backlash in 2000. One of the wildest, most exciting, most thrilling, overbooked <laughs> mess of a finish you will ever see. But the fans in that building also just contributed to how insane this was, how great could, this was. Could this have been the best overbooked finish maybe ever? <laughs> it, it has to be up there. It has to be. Especially because the babyface wins and everybody's happy. Mm. You know, it's not like you have this overbooked thing and the heel somehow still gets out of it with the win. Cheats or something like that. After all of that, the babyface won. And so, like, this chaos leads to the babyface winning, I think, probably knocks it up a bunch of notches. I don't know how many <laughs> for one you have to have what constitutes an overbooked mess type finish. Right, right. And then you had to determine the best one of those. Yeah. 
but in my eyes, I can't think of one that I like that had this much going on, this many moving parts that I enjoyed more. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just so much going on. I mean, Steve Austin alone has five people with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Five different people, and it, it's. I, I feel this bad. is a one-on-one match. Yeah, I, I feel bad because he's clearly not physically there yet. Um, so when he's like, he hits Vince, and then he tries to do like the trash talk, and he you can't like, he can't do it because like his neck, you know, like he can't do it. The head, you know. So he's trying to do it, but then he just realizes, yeah, I can't move, so I got to get up and. It, he has to put the chair and, and get up because he he can't just like stand up because he's still recovering, you know. Like he's got he takes a while to get up, and then I think that's when he hits Triple H. So again, you know, after he hit him in the aisle, then he hits him in the ring after Vince. So um, I was like, damn! Like I never noticed that until uh, you know I, I think I read something like, oh, Austin looked terrible. On his back last 2000 return, so I went back and watched the ending. This was like years and years ago. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I never noticed that in the in the moment that like he's hitting everyone with this chair. He hits Vince, and then he's like doing his trash talk, but he's like not moving his head as much. And then he's like taking you know some extra time to get up because he's just physically not all there. So for him to come do this, I mean, I don't think he came on TV until the fall after this like when he tried to start tracking down the guy who you know hit him with the car <laughs> at survivor series so uh i guess you know they didn't have austin at wrestlemania so this was like he was good healthy enough to appear here and i think the they did a good job building the rock so that like austin coming back didn't take away from the rock even though austin would go you know away for a while after that so i mean you couldn't book i mean yeah the rock lost the next month but like they kept like the fans loved him and you're not going to get that today two of the same types of stars like on the same stratosphere the way the rock and austin were at this moment like it was kind of incredible It really was. It really was a very unique time that just, I don't know if you can ever replicate it. When not only do you have two top stars that are like neck and neck, but they're like mainstream stars too, like yeah. on top of that. You know, you know, it's one thing to have a Roman Reigns who is, he's got some mainstream appeal, but he's not the crossover star that The Rock and Steve Austin were in 2000. You know what I'm saying? So to have these guys who have broken through to mainstream pop culture status at the same time yeah. <laughs> is incredible. It's hard to get one of those guys. They haven't had guys like Steve Austin or The Rock since. And I know John Cena is a big deal and he is probably more famous now as a wrestler than what he was as, as an actor. And I say as a wrestler, mainly because he's done so many big projects, but I don't think that Cena really crossed over as a wrestler as much as he's crossed over after wrestling. Does that make sense? Like Yeah. You know, like he's obviously a big deal in wrestling, but I think he's, you know, he's crossed over more as an actor than he did as a wrestler. Steve Austin and The Rock were household names as wrestlers. Mm -hmm. 
before they crossed over and did anything else. They were household names. Like I said, it's hard to get one of those guys. Cena wasn't like that for the majority of his run. And Roman Reigns is probably just entering that territory, if he is at all. But Rock and Austin were there. At the same time. <laughs> like, and, and they were incredible. a year away from like going toe-to-toe again against each other. Right. Coming off a year of them going toe to toe against each other, like at the main event of WrestleMania, and, so and it made perfect sense to put them two in a stadium, get these two yeah. mega stars. An arena can't hold this. We can sell way more than twenty thousand. In this time frame, I didn't appreciate it because to me, the the same people feuding with each other, I, I just got kind of got bored with. So. I already saw Austin versus The Rock with the whole Intercontinental title thing in 97. You know, the end of 97, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. And it didn't hit me, didn't really hit the mark with me when, you know, WrestleMania 15 came and The Rock was a bad guy with the corporation. I was like, okay, like I've seen Austin and The Rock before. I don't know why everyone's so, like, crazy excited about it, but I'm going to watch because I love wrestling. And same same with WrestleMania 17. I'm just like, I've seen Austin and The Rock before. Like, what's different? And clearly, a lot was different. And it was a lot more mainstream. But back then, I didn't appreciate it the way I can look back now and say, like, yeah, it was definitely a bigger deal than I made it out to be. But, you know, I was a young guy. And that's all I cared about. Seeing, like, different people get pushed at different points of time. So seeing Austin and The Rock... And like even Triple H up there for an extended period of time, I'm just like, man, I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't as excited, but just seeing that crowd reaction, man, that that does it all for me nowadays. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it back then, but I definitely appreciate it now. Yeah, like you said, that crowd reaction, man, was just that that makes the match. Like honestly, like the match itself is fine, but. The fans just like elevated so much, yep. and that's what you know them and honestly Jr.'s call as well. Just like I said, is forever etched in my brain as as a wrestling fan. But that is Backlash 2000. Nick, could you take us out with some plugs, please, as we wrap up episode 360? You can follow me at underscore Pacone on Twitter. Follow us at the Shooters Pod on Twitter. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the shooters pod. And you can check me out at phillyinfluencer.com. Hoping that redesign comes soon. I'm still working out some things. Uh, so stay tuned into phillyinfluencer.com. And you could check out uh, our wrestling roundtables and, you know, any any appearances at foxphlgambler.com. We're hoping to maybe add something to the website there and the wrestling round table. So let, we'll, we'll, time will tell. I hope so. Foxphlgambler.com. All right. Okay. We got, we got to talk off, off air about this thing. <laughs> well, yeah. What's she <laughs> All right. Uh, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me there. You can find me out here in these streets. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters, the shooters pod, I should say. Uh, we can make a request. And if you make that request, we will fulfill it. 
And when we fulfill it, we're actually also have you make a cameo on the show as well. We've done this many times in the past. We'll do it again in the future. Again, patreon.com slash shooters pod. We have another Patreon request coming up soon. I believe it was what, Backlash 2003? Yeah. All right. Backlash 03 is coming up soon, so be on the lookout for that. That's a Patreon request. So, again, if you want us to do something in the future, not just a wrestling pay-per-view. It could be a movie, television show, whatever. Patreon.com slash the shooters pod. Come check us out. Uh, we always appreciate your patronage over at Patreon.com slash the shooters pod. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 360 of The Straight Shooters, and we will catch you all again next week. And you can see a black man and a white man eating out the same popcorn box. Woo! That's funky. <laughs>